listening to Triples in Ecstasy, a production of Holosuite Media. This is Admiral James T. Kirk of Federation Starship Enterprise. Your presence here is an act of war. You have two minutes to surrender your crew and your vessel, or we will destroy you. Admiral Kirk, this is your opponent speaking. Do not lecture me on treaty violations, as this broadcast is intended for mature audiences. In the following podcast, there will be thoughts and opinions expressed that in no way reflect your federation, this station, website, or affiliated partners. Who is this? How dare you? Who I am is not important. Listener discretion is... Klingon best. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of Starship Trips. Her encore mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new content and new stuff, to follow the girl with no podcast. It's gone before. Hello and welcome to episode 269 of Tribbles and Ecstasy. I'm your host, Midnight Shadow, and joining me today is Satsil. Hello. 69, dudes! <laughs> <laughs> We've been gone a while, again. Yeah, I uh, did want to take a moment to address that, if you would allow me, Midnight. Of course. Okay, so uh, a lot of you may have, a lot of you may have been wondering where, where the hell has Tribbles been? Well, this is kind of what happens when you have an all-volunteer crew on an all-volunteer show. Um, it, it, you know, this what we do here at Tribbles is a, a labor of love, and that means sometimes we have to go and f- finish stuff in the real world to be able to set aside time to come back here and do what we love doing. Um, It's also uh, a big thing to note that we will never, at least as, as far as I'm concerned, I will never personally ask people to go support us through a Patreon or, or anything other than our, 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 you know our mother media site, which is Hollow Sweet Media, which is a entirely listener-supported donation system for for the multitude of different broadcasts. But it, it, you know we don't have this backing that a lot of a lot of other podcasts seem to be getting these days, and it's you know we 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 are always going to be here for you for free you know we we i don't i don't really think any of us are ever going to try and hound you to go support a patreon or go support like a whole bunch of these other 
things that that you know i mean like it, it's it's just weird how a lot of the podcasts lately have started being collected co- collected in into their own little you know borg families lately but you know we I, I apologize for us not being here. We just had real life get in the way, and we had to, we had to deal with it. So we're back. Yeah, unfortunately, um, between us all, it's been family, health, and work, not necessarily in that order, which has prevented us from appearing live. And as Sunseal said, we do all this just because we enjoy it. And welcome to those who are in the chat room. And yeah, Reg just said, oh, I just thought I kept missing you guys. No, um, it's been, well, the end of June was the last time um, we were recording. So, uh, yeah. And that was after a two or three week break in itself there. Yeah, I think that was three or four weeks, actually. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it has definitely been a while. So, but we are back, and with any luck, we should be back every single week. Hooray! <laughs> Lord knows I miss doing this. I do as well. The one thing, because I do a lot of podcasts, and with some of them, it's real easy, because it's literally, I'm doing like an episode review, whether it's sort of Doctor Who, Babylon 5, or to come Star Trek Discovery. They're nice and easy because literally you just watch an episode of something and then you just talk about it. But with this show, it's about stuff that's going on in the news. So there's a whole load of stuff to look at, investigate, play. And it's just an awful lot more work. Sort of just yeah, for pre- definitely. preparation like I tonight. Said, this, is, this is wholly a labor of love. So, like, the further and further we kept going out from having a show, I'd look at all the stuff that had piled up for us to possibly potentially cover, and I would literally just go to bed and put the covers over my head and just just weep. Because it's like, we can't do all of this. We'll have a 17-hour show. (laughs) Well, we've done longer. Well, not for this show, but we've been on the air for not this show, but you did do what a twenty-five hour show once. Yeah, with the G and T show, the first live one we did, they ended up putting the show on the weekend where the clocks went back. So to do noon Eastern to noon Eastern was twenty-five hours. So for me, I was oh, fine because well. I'll often do that anyway. (laughs) But yeah, it was funny getting to the end of that one. But yeah, that'll actually be coming up the 24 hours of G&T. So um, yeah, take a look at gntshow.com. Our friends over there will be posting about that soon. So yeah, basically, uh, what I what what I talked with with Midnight about for this episode is basically just kind of a wrap up of all the things that's that's been going on. Not really an in depth discussion of all the little news bits like we normally do. Just a quick little thoughts of the different things that have come out, and then talk about the news that's current right now if we can. That's the plan. But first of all, 
we're going to put the subjects that order that we normally do. And we're actually going to go into Main Viewer. Main Viewer. Not long now before we have Star Trek Discovery. So, September 24th, and I believe it's 8 p.m. Eastern. I've got to send an alarm! I missed the first episode of The Orville this way. Hell, I've been missing all the episodes of The Orville because I've not been setting an alarm. I have got to set an alarm for this. Uh, I've only managed to get the first episode of Orville so far. Um... But uh, yeah, I haven't seen two and three. But for anyone who's in America, I believe it's 8 p.m. Eastern is when it goes live. Um, I'm not sure if it will be five o'clock Pacific. Um, but for everywhere else at 7 a.m. UTC, so universal time, so for those of us like me in the UK, that will be 8am. Um, you'll be able to get it on Netflix. So found that out today. I went, yay! And I Wait. sent a message to um, my manager and said, do you mind if I come in for half past 10 on Monday? <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch the new Star Trek. So I've got permission. So I'll be going in late Monday morning. You got permission to watch Star Trek. Awesome. I've got a good boss. So, um, well, especially these last couple of months, I've just been so flat out. These last couple of months, did you've been, like, banging out tech stuff? Holy crap. Uh, Yeah. You kind of deserve some off time. Yeah, I was doing, in a month, like, over 100 hours of overtime, just trying to get stuff done. So, Stop uh, working! You're costing us money! But, uh, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. What about you, son? Oh, I am I'm actually really eager to, to, to see the show. I mean, it's one thing to have all of the people naysaying and all the people cheering for the hype train of this show. And it's like, guys, guys, can we all just can we all just wait until it comes out, please? I want to I want to see the show. Yeah, it's the amount of times I've been having conversations with people online and it's just so much hate around it's just like oh discovery's just crap it's just like it's not released yet <laughs> how can you know and, it's crap and see and see i get to, i see i i i find myself often involved in the counter argument if you if if you're if you don't have cbs all access already you're not a true fan what <laughs> the frack is wrong with you people but i think a lot of people just don't like the fact it's not on what they're used to um, right. So, so people are going, why do we have to pay for this? So they're just gouging for money. It's just like, no, this is the way TV's been going for a long time. So CBS are just one of the few stations that or networks that are actually getting ahead of things. But even Netflix saw this coming, which is why they started their own original shows. 
because they knew they wouldn't be able to survive solely on just stuff from other people because eventually they would sort it out themselves. So, yeah, it's how things are going to be in the future, whether you like it or not, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, the first pilot episode, that will be on CBS on... um, Oh, mine's gone blank. What do you call it? Cable. Right, it will will premiere on CBS on network television. That's it. And then episode two will be or episode one and two will both be on cbs all access now according to imdb they are both an hour long for the first episode now whether or not that's just a default time that's been put in um i'm not too sure i guess we'll find out in a couple of days oh this is gonna suck they if they make this another two hour premiere and they chop off an hour on the networks but well, it does give people the incentive to go and watch it on all access thing. Well, there are technically what they've said so far in the news that we've had released over the last several months is there's technically two pilots to this show. So episode one, which will be on network TV, will be setting things up to how the main character, Michael Burnham, will get onto Discovery. And then episode two is basically, in a way, the second pilot, which is the start of being on Discovery. Being on Discovery, yeah. So it's quite clever that way, Um, because it's just like, okay, we're going to give people a preview of and setting things up. And then they basically set up the main series and how everything kinda, else will flow kinda, afterwards. It's kind of devious, isn't it? Here, not the here's, here's the backstory for all the everythings. Then here's the pilot. <laughs> well, technically, it, it's a canon way of doing it. Because J.J. Uh, Abrams did True. it. Because <laughs> he did that for... What was it? Uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, wasn't it? Because he had... He did this thing in, was it New Mexico or Mexico or somewhere where they showed off like the first 19 minutes of the film. But of course, the first 19 minutes of whatever of the film was just, you could have done without that whole bit with the volcano and everything else and the rest of it would have made sense sort of thing. So it was very cleverly done. So you'd got, I'm going to do this promotion, get people interested. So it's... A clever way of marketing and writing. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things go. And But, as I said, there's just so much negativity about it. And I think, from what I heard, because although I was not really sort of... in When Next Generation came out, from what I've been told by people, it was the same it's sort of Kirk, thing. Spark and McCoy! Screw this show! Exactly. It's the same sort of thing. Only thing is with the internet... Everybody can get on the bandwagon, and you just see a lot of it. And if the somebody doesn't, popular opinion too too often drives people away from doing creative things. The problem is, it's not always popular. The, the popular sort of thought of what everybody thinks is just people who don't like things tend to be more vocal that they don't like it. Because people who do like it or just go, well, I'm going to give it a chance, they just keep quiet. So it looks like so many people dislike it because they're the more vocal part of sort of 
people ranting this on the is, internet. This is this is where we get the thing called the vocal minority people. Yeah. It's the same thing with Star Trek Online forums. So people go in there and they just like feel like head desking <laughs> the entire time. It's just it it can be so much negativity because again, people who think something's good or whatever just really can't be asked to get into it. It's just like, well I'm enjoying it. So they go back to doing what they enjoy. So. I, I, honestly, of all the news that has come out, and my God, all the news that has come out, like in the, in the months we've not been here, uh, it's it's just kind of interesting to watch, like more and more of the initial pilot being leaked. Oh, I've only seen the official trailers. Yeah, I've only seen... Didn't they release a new snippet, like, last week? Um, from what I can tell, they're not new snippets. There's nothing really new in the things that I've seen, and a lot of them are just people who have re-edited stuff from all the trailers, and it's nothing new that's come out. So they've tried to keep it sort of watch it to find to out what's going on tra- they're, they're trying to keep the hype train alive <laughs> basically yeah but without releasing too much information um, so people can they automatically know what's going on sort of thing and in today's world where so many things get out there so quickly and I think it's good that networks and um, studios they're trying to keep things back so you can just enjoy it rather than seeing everything right, in the trailers right. and because that started becoming a thing where literally you saw all the good parts of the film or the episode in a trailer or trailers well to to to, to those to those movies credit or 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 non-credit those good parts were in many cases <laughs> the only good parts of those movies yeah but it's good that they've been sort of reserved. That's my feeling anyway. Yeah, so, I, uh, I can. Now, one of the things that we talked about, again, um, must have been about three, four months ago now, was the fact that they were going to have a after show called Talking Trek. Well, someone, I think, from what I've heard, thought it sounded too much like Walking Dead, especially as it's the same format, and it's also another after show and thought okay well we're not going to call it talking trek now we're going to call it after trek so the show has now been renamed so all the artwork has been redone still going to get chris hardwick to do it no but they're getting one of his friends to do it good god okay for those for, for for those who don't know chris hardwick seems to be in every tv show related podcast these days I mean, he's in the Talking Dead when when they do that. He just he was just the villainous bad guy in the first new Futurama episode ever, and uh, that's also a, a a podcast that you can go and listen to on Nerdist right now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. he's doing everything lately. He's doing everything lately so much that he's got memes out about being in in TV show and movie podcasts. They just hate people who get on to like every podcast out there. Oh, like Midnight? Me? Never. 
<laughs> like, aren't you on a new podcast too that's talking about Discovery? I am indeed. It's called New Horizons. So go to newhorizons.show if you'd like Hey to look, in. we have our own Chris Hardwick, except he's not like <laughs> rich. Yes, completely the opposite to it. <laughs> but yeah, um it's his fellow nerdist podcast co-host called Matt Mira. So um if you'd like to follow him on Twitter, it's at Matt Mira. So that's M-A-T-T-M-I-R-A. So, um, yeah, he's done some other TV work and things like that. So I'm sure Chris Hardwick would probably end up being on the show at some point. So, by the office. Hello! I watched the new episode too. It was amazing! Get the <laughs> hell out of here! You have a thousand other podcasts to do. Get out of here. Get, get, get. So... The first live um, After Trek show that they're going to be doing um, will have guests Nika Martin-Green, who's playing Michael Burnham, James Frain, who's playing Ambassador Serac, and executive producer and co-show co -show runner Aaron Harberts. So they will be joining him on the well, I presume couch. So, CBS All Access subscribers um, will get um, it says exclusive to CBS All Access subscribers on Sunday, September twenty fourth, at eleven p.m. Eastern. So, if it's on at eleven p.m. Eastern and eight p.m. Pacific, um, maybe that. Yeah. So, got two slots for. The actual show so if they're not going to have a break between them then yeah it will probably be 9 p.m eastern that they start showing on cbs i'm not too sure maybe someone from our chat room knows the answer about what time cbs will start showing the actual show itself but uh but yeah i'm i have been trying to find out for well, quite a while now whether or not anywhere else outside of the U um, the US will actually get um, this after show and I saw some tweets regarding the after show and things like that so I replied back to it and I actually got a response from Matt Mira um, the after trek um, host and he went internationally yes so um, that, as far as I'm aware, should be on Netflix as well. Although, when I had a look on Netflix, I'm still not getting anything showing up when I do a search for it. Though, if you do a search for Star Trek Discovery, it is there. You can watch the trailers and you can add that to your list. It probably isn't there because they probably don't have any trailers for it. So, it's probably going to be, it gets put up there and you can get it then, um, is what I'm assuming the reason that we haven't actually got anything just yet so, so yeah that will be the after show honestly okay. i'm not uh, i'm not a fan of these hey let's discuss the thing right after viewing it shows no no not really i enjoy I'm, it I'm, no i understand that a lot of people do enjoy it but if it's a if if it's a good 
story and a good show. And, you know, it, it will take me a couple of days to really sit there and chew on what I've just seen before I can form any sort of coherent thought. Okay. Like, I, I, I just, I've done that, like, with quite a few things. I mean, even Babylon 5, I've done that with. I'd have to sit there and just, like, for the next two days, just rewatch what I what I saw in my own head to form a, an opinion one way or the other. Unless it's like that scene from Parliament of Dreams, then I can instantly say, that's the way you should do Trek. <laughs> now, for me, I enjoy them because... I'm usually sitting there analyzing things as the show goes on. And sometimes you do miss things. And you know how if you've just watched something, you meet up with your friends and you start talking about it. Oh, and what about this? I don't remember that. And you start talking about these things or just like, well, I didn't mm-hmm. like it because of this. And then sort of you get sort of the way that you start looking at particular scenes. It's like, hmm. And then, of course, you go away and you rewatch it again. So, for me, I like these after shows because you get a little bit more information. Sometimes there are sort of little Easter eggs in there. And especially being a Brit, sometimes there are Easter eggs in there which people from other countries outside of the US don't always get. So, it's quite interesting sometimes to learn about these things because it's just like, oh, did you see that? And it's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. What's that mean? So, yeah, they can be helpful. And. Especially as sometimes, like, it's in the evening, you want to talk to your friends, but you don't want to go out talking about it on social media to spoil it for all those that haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. So to watch something where it's a discussion about the show and you can think about it and even after the show's been on is to go back and rewatch it and you've just got a lot more ideas and an understanding about why these things were happening. And I find that I tend to appreciate the episode a little bit more because i've got that bit more insight as i said after right, you talk right. to your friends you start, it quite often happens so um so I'm, I'm looking forward to the after show and i'm glad that we are actually going to be getting it internationally as well, well. see that's well then you know that's kind of the reason why i i kind of have to sit back and think about it in the first place because i like you i have that analytical mind you know i i, I will i will look at something and i will instantly start forming a this is what's going to happen next this is this is how this is going to go there's the checkoff's gun hello uh and 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 when it's over i have to sit back and go hmm i just have to think about all the stuff that my mind has been running through while watching it okay um in chat earlier on i asked if anybody knew if it was eight o'clock or nine o'clock that um, Discovery started and Sybil says that they've just signed up for CBS and Discovery is at 9pm so um, it'll be it is a 9pm start which is why the after show starts at 11 which is the two hours after um, both the episodes now Lakesi has actually asked do you prefer after shows or reaction shows I'm not sure what the difference is because Aren't they the same thing? Uh, reaction shows are kind of what we do on the Babylon 5 podcast thing. Okay, so it's just like an episode review 
Well, no, it's it's basically a reaction show would be a podcast where they watch it live and react instantly to what's going on. Okay. Well, I enjoy both types because, well, I often take part in both types. But, uh, but yeah, um, I don't mind either of them, really. It's... I, I just enjoy talking about the shows. Um, just like with this podcast, we talk about Trek Star as Trek. a whole, yeah. as well as sort of the gaming side and everything else. It's just fun to talk. Um, yeah, I seem to have a knack of talking. Some people say too much. It's not that uh, you talk too much. <laughs> it's that you have a very monotonal cadence that seems to make people slowly start to nod off. <laughs> what? Oh, sorry. Okay, I'm back. I'm here. What? This needs to find that video with Picard. Hypnotic. Can't remember all the words to it. You know, there's the episode where he's talking about a lecture. Um, or someone he just who- kept talking. Yeah. And one terribly long, unbroken sentence moving from topic to topic so that no one had the chance to interrupt. It was really quite hypnotic. So, um, the world premiere was a couple of days ago. Um, now, one of the tweets that I saw from... Because there's a load of Trek, um, basically stars that actually went to it. One of those was Roxanne Dawson. Now, as well as playing Belana Torres in Star Trek Voyager, he also directed um, episodes. I um, can't remember if she actually wrote any, but um, she actually went to the premiere and she actually sent out a tweet. Now, I'll have the link to her tweet in our show notes, but she says, Star, De- Star Trek Discovery, wow. Cinematic, moving, and definitely Star Trek. It very boldly goes. Fans will be proud. So as someone who has been a part of, as in acting in, and also directed episodes of Star Trek, I think that shows some good hope, especially for a lot of the naysayers. Um, So, yeah. And, yeah, a lot of the other people I've seen as well have basically said... It looks good. You know the one thing. You know the one thing I haven't seen out of like the Trek community. Somebody going. I I hope there's a warp ten episode somewhere. <laughs> I, and and to be honest, that's that's how I feel. I wish there was a Spock's brain or a warp ten somewhere in the first season. Why? Because it's not Trek if there's not some ridiculously overly cheesy episode. Mm. It's just not. You never know. There might be one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, not long now. So I'll be interested to know um, people who are live with us in chat, either on Twitch, Facebook, or YouTube. Are you actually looking forward to Discovery? Is there anyone in our chat who won't be watching it? So, Polonius1 says, Cheesy is good. <laughs> Cheddar! <laughs> hey, Polonius! Sybil says, Nana Visitor gave Discovery a glowing review. And of course, Nana Visitor played Kira Norris in Deep Space Nine. That she did. 
So, but yeah, everyone seemed to have gone out. Now, of course, there has been an embargo on any reviews. So if you haven't seen any official reviews, any press who went to it can't actually release their reviews until after um, the actual showing. Now, again, this is another thing which especially the naysayers have picked up on and they're going, oh, it's just absolute shit. That's why they're not letting anyone talk about it. It's just like the gaming's the gaming industry has been doing this lately too. So to to to, to hell with this idea that it sucks and that's why they're holding back the reviews. No, the video game industry has been doing this crap lately, and it infuriates me so much because it means people can't make an informed decision about purchasing a game or not. Well, for a lot of games these days, they they tend to be more free to play. So you can actually try it out without purchasing. Now, I can understand when it comes to TV and film why they do that, because so many people, a bit like as we're saying with the trailers, you end up seeing so much of it that people make a decision that they're not even going to bother giving it a try before it's actually out there. Instead of actually saying, yeah, I'll try this. Now, one thing I've always told my son is you can't decide you don't like something unless you've tried it 20 times. So for me, that would be giving something at least the first season um, a go and actually saying, actually, I do or don't like it. Um, Right, right. The Expanse for me um, is a prime example. I watched the first episode. To be honest, I didn't think that it was all that good. So I just didn't have time because I was watching other things to finish watching the season. Several months later, I did eventually get round to, I rewatched the first episode because, and just to make sure I could remember what had happened. And yeah, I actually watched the first season and it got really good. Um, It's another one of these shows where there's a lot going on. A lot of people some really nice CG and season two. The visual effects on there are just beautiful. And yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. It's like watching Red Dwarf all over again. There's so much going on. What? (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, if I had just looked at the first episode and that would have been it, I wouldn't have actually enjoyed the rest of it. This is so, this is also probably part of the reason why they have a split pilot for Discovery as well. Because the first one they can pump a buttload of money into and make it as cinematic and this big of a thing as what the JJ-verse movies have done. And then slowly transition over after, as that episode wraps up into the This is the Discovery ship pilot. Yeah, and it's also the things that tend to attract people are lots of fancy things happening on screen, uh, lots of action. So that will get a lot of people involved into watching it who don't like Trek. And of course, what people tend to forget is that this show wasn't made for Trekkies. Not really. It was made for sort of Joe Blocks. It's there to attract anyone who's into sort of science fiction and action because they want to get new people involved in Trek because, let's face it, 
99% of Trekkies, regardless, are going to watch Star Trek Discovery at some point, even just to see what it's like. Um, they're going to watch it. They enjoy the franchise. So, especially the pilot episodes, they are made for the people who aren't Trekkies. So, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do and how different episode one and two are. I can see that we start getting a more of a better storyline when it comes to maybe episode two, possibly, because at that point in time, that's where things are really going to sort of kick off because episode one is just introducing the characters and sort of setting basically this is the situation we're in and from episode two this is how it's being dealt with and then that's where you've got this big over this big arc um so yeah it'll definitely be interesting to see how it all works but as I said to my son, I say you can't say you don't like something when you're eating it until you've eaten it 20 times. And I would also say that with TV. You can't say you really don't like something until you've watched at least a season. So watch the first. See, I, I, I don't necessarily apply that many numbers to my logic, but I, I apply that same logic to food as well. Try everything twice because you may not like it the first time. Exactly. So, yeah, give it a try. Watch the entire season. If you still think it's crap, don't watch it again. But at least then you know what everybody else is talking about. So if there are discussions about it, you can enjoy the conversation, even if it's just to disagree with what everyone thinks. (laughs) You'll never stop being haters. (laughs) So, but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And yeah, as I said, I've even got permission from my boss to come in late Monday morning. So, so yeah, I'm happy. So, shoved my son out the door to school. Only thing is, is of course, it starts half an hour before he leaves. So I can see getting him out the door is going to be difficult. <laughs> he's going to be like, I want to watch it. Because, <laughs> yeah, he's a Trekkie too. So, uh, do, so yeah, do, it's just do, like, good, do good in school and you can come home and watch it. But then you have to do your homework immediately afterward thing is you can't even then watch it when he gets home or when i get home because i'll be straight back out the door to meet my personal trainer because after doing the ten thousand steps a day for cancer research i'm now signing up to do a half marathon um, oh that's right holy crap so um so yeah i'll be going to see my personal trainer so that means my son won't even be able to watch it later on monday are you gonna do the marathon in one of those hermetically sealed bubbles like that movie bubble boy (laughs) uh no i'm just gonna as i did with the walking for cancer research is i'll just put up with all the things that go wrong with my body from being outside with all the pollens and everything else no so but it's all for a good cause but um but of course then tuesday is when i'll record my new discovery podcast about what i watch on monday so again i'll be starting that not long after i get home from work so he still can't watch the two hours worth of discovery then Wednesday is usually when I go to the cinema because I've got a cinema pass. 
So I will be late back that evening. So he'll be dying to see it. So that probably won't be till Thursday. though. <laughs> just, just an evil, evil parent having a life and crap. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I'm, I might, um, show my wife how to load it all up and I'm sure she'll watch it as well. So, so, uh, so yeah, I'm all excited about it. Um, but yeah, I've got, uh, Rund FCA in chat says, I bet your boss will also be late. Um, got civil saying, try Vegemite at least once. <laughs> oh, yes. No, I really hope that they have like either Vegemite or Marmite on the show at some point. Because then we have to, then we'll have to do nothing but harass the Stow devs to put it in game. <laughs> uh, don't get civil started okay well that's all the stuff I've got for Star Trek Discovery what about you son have you got anything you'd like to add only that I am actually kind of just I'm really looking forward to seeing this ep- you know th- this episode even if it's a first pilot I mean, didn't have the f- didn't the first series itself have a first pilot in a second? Well, yeah, well, uh, sort of. From what I understand, the original pilot got scrapped, though so they reshot. Um, although they said right, the show's going ahead. They then moved. I think what was originally penned to be like the fourth or fifth episode, which was Man Trap. I think that mm-hmm. that was like the third one along sort of thing or fourth right. or fifth or, and they ended up moving that to be the pilot episode and the cage that eventually got worked in with sort of uh, with the menagerie menagerie thank you yeah a complete brain freeze what it was called then i could see it in my head <laughs> it's just like oh what's it called yeah, so, no, that's like they had two pilots too, because they had the first crew that everybody saw, or that was that was the pilot, and then they had the second pilot with with your with your Kirk as captain and and, and, and Doctor McCoy. So, uh, yeah, and female number one got her revenge by being the computer in just about every series afterwards. <laughs> yes. So um, we miss yeah. you, Majel. Yeah, because uh, Michelle Barrett was originally supposed to be the first officer, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, Let that sink in for all you people who talk about Star Trek not being progressive. But, of course, they had to lose... Basically, the network, I believe, said you've either got to lose the alien or lose the woman. But for Gene Roddenberry, he'd already got a woman on the bridge with Ahura. So, to keep the alien was more beneficial for the show. Well, yeah, so, naturally. So, that's why her role got cut. Mm-hmm. Still, though, all those people who argue, hey, this is the first time we've had a, a, a female first officer on the show. Uh, what? <laughs> may, may, I kindly, may I kindly direct you to, to number one from the actual tre- Trek pilot? The, the cage may also may also kind of draw your attention to 
Cisco's number one, a Bajoran female. Yep. What the what the hell do you what the hell are you talking about? The first female number one. Yeah. Um, it, it's quite funny. So these people that come out, it's just like, oh, it's not Trek. It's just like, well, no, it's not even that. It's the it's the uh, oh look, it's this diverse thing, and here's the thing that I have no clue about because I've not really ever watched Trek. Look, there being so diversity. Um, you're an idiot, because here's where all of that has happened before in Trek. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely going to be a fun Monday. I'm looking forward to discussing it all, definitely. So, uh, yeah, just wish it was Monday already, to be honest. <laughs> it, it'll be an even more fun Tuesday. Or, no, not even Tuesday, Wednesday. It'll be an even more fun Wednesday when you're discussing it on the Tuesday show. But you I'm suddenly live thinking, in the future. I was suddenly thinking, just like I just remember in January, we're thinking, well, when's the show coming out? Because of course, originally, it had been noted that their original air date they were aiming for was, of course, January. And of course, we've had to wait nine months, and it's just like, yeah, in the time it's taken to actually get to wearing it, somebody could have had a kid. So anyone who sort of their little newborn could be watching it first program. Start them off young. You mean like you mean like Ross? <laughs> Are you trying to say Ross needs to sit his kid in front of the TV and watch the show? I don't see why not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Well, I think it's time we move on. So let's head over. And do some Star Trek timelines. Does no one here understand your incredible good fortune? Star Trek timelines. Did someone say game? You seem to find this all very amusing. I will never not find that bumper amusing. Yeah, I've got a couple of favourite ones and that's one of them. Ah. <laughs> uh. Okay, so Star Trek timelines. Well, a lot has happened since we were last properly on the air. Um, in August, version 2.2 got released, and one of the things we got added was Starbases. So, um, what are your thoughts on the Starbases? Honestly, look, I'm staring, at, I'm staring at timelines right now. I have honestly not clicked the fleet button. I was going through... I was going through 28 messages, some of them saying we've removed star bases while we work on them, and an apology, and some, like, here's some stuff to make up for the fact that we've removed this thing. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if star bases are there or not. I do. But yeah, they added star bases, and they've also given the fleet management a complete overhaul do an awful lot more and it works a hell of a lot better than it used to which is holy crap nice. our starbase is already level three <laughs> yeah it's slowly been leveling it up um they can't faster than leveling it in star trek online that's for sure <laughs> well with the starbase here you're also limited to donating 700 items at a time so yeah you're you're restricted how much each person can donate each day, which is good in some respects, but 
really annoying in others. So it's even more annoying when you don't have any of the things to donate in the first place. Well, you just do that by doing any of the normal away missions. So you can easily get those from there. But of course, the problem is you've got all these things, but you only ever really end up, what's ended up happening is you end up donating to the same things. And it'd be nice if they had more things spread out that you ended up donating to lots of different categories if you chose to. Having a 700 limit per section might do that. Um, One for engineering, one for operations, one for tactical, that kind of thing. I don't think it's so much the that level. It's just the fact that the items you put in are exactly the same. So the transporter room and astrometrics, um, out of that, two of the items you've got in each of them are exactly the same. And then yeah. same with all the other ones. You've basically you've got exactly the same. You've got the nanopolymer and the tritanium for a lot of those. So you just don't tend to get any donations because people, well, they start from the ones which are nearest to them, not to mention the one that tends to give them more chronotons as well. And then there's nothing left for the rest of them. So it, they just don't get leveled up. Yeah, uh, I, could, I could definitely see that happening. Uh, Lachesi says that um, 700 donation is roughly a full day's worth of chronotons to collect, not counting bonuses from cadet missions, etc. So, but yeah, um, but yeah, I can easily just do 20 missions for space and ground, and I will easily max out the 700 donations just by doing those. So yeah, I've literally spent 160 chronotons um, if you just do some of the earlier sort of low 40 um, chronotons a mission ones. And yeah, that's got me more than enough. But as I said, unfortunately, because they're all doing the same donations, right, right. It, it just doesn't really move along the other ones. But yeah, for the Tribbles and Ecstasy fleet, we've already got max chronotons, so we've got plus 10 on there. So the amount of chronotons you can get um, leveling up on your character is 10 extra. And we're on our way to getting the plus 20 on that. And we've already got astrometrics to level 1 as well. So we've got core skill, we get an extra percentage onto that. So, um, so, yeah, it's slowly coming along. I'm sure there's other fleets that are well ahead of ours. But, yeah, the new fleet management system, it breaks things down into your squadrons and makes it an awful lot easier to actually see what's going on. Uh, we've been through the daily targets before. Um, it'd be great if they redid that, that. You could at least collect the rewards for a small amount of time after it finishes for those of us who tend to miss Live out. Live overseas from the production yeah. company. So, but it's also got leadership boards. So if there's an event going on, you can see what your fleet rank is, your squadron rank and your rank all in one column. That's always very um, useful. And then it's got settings at the far end. So, um, yeah, um, I, I, I think that the new UI for that definitely worked and 
I'm sure we'll end up getting a lot more added to it eventually. Yeah, it, it's, it definitely seems like, well, an improvement. Um, one of the other things that they added in 2.2 was a new logon option. Now, usually if you reinstalled the game on a new device or... So, say for example, you are signing up to, I don't know, to play it on Facebook or through Steam or something like that. You had to go through the introduction before you could actually log into your actual account. Well, as of August, um, they've added what they dubbed a long requested improvement. Um, yeah, basically. Basically, since... <laughs> log in from the start instead of having to do the tutorial. Yeah. So they say players with an existing registered account will no longer need to go through the tutorial to able to sign in with their credentials. So yeah, I, I was happy with that. Um, now, of course, it's been a while. So we've had news that Star Trek Discovery has been um, or has come to timelines. They've already started releasing um, that content. So we already have at least one of the characters. Now, if you... Yep. If you actually sign into Timelines now, um, you should have a mail which actually gives you that character to claim. Um, I think that's just for a short amount of time, though. I think that does eventually expire um, in a week or so. Um, but I can't remember. I'm sure I saw somewhere that only between these certain dates that it would be ready. So th like they have with your rewards for the other stuff that goes to your mail for um, the arena, that it's probably on a timer as well. So um, although because when you claim stuff, it automatically deletes it. I haven't got that mail and I couldn't find where I'm sure I'd read it. So just in case, if you haven't already, um, quickly just sign in and claim your freebie character. Now, along with some Discovery stuff that's recently been released, we've had version 3 that has gone live. Now, one of the things that they've included in that is something called Voyages. Have you actually had a go at that? I have not. I don't think I even know where the hell that's at. <laughs> okay, so, if you're in-game, usually most of your UI is around the little sector that you're in. So, you've got the background or whatever system you're in, you can see your ship. Now, this update, basically what you've got is it's actually being shown on the galaxy map. Oh, so, okay. There's, and, there's a reason to go back to the galaxy map now. Yay! Yep. And if you go back to the galaxy map... And have a look on your left-hand side. You'll actually see voyages there. Sweet. Now, basically, you select your ship. And then you select your crew. Now, the crew that you select, you won't be able to use them for anything else. So, it's all about scheduling with this. And you've only got a certain amount of... Um, I'm going to say warp drive. It's not warp drive. It's um, antimatter. Anti Game. Stuff that makes warp drive work. <laughs> it makes it go. <laughs> We're going to start calling it Packled. You only have 23,000 Packled. <laughs> so, so, 
each ship has a certain amount of antimatter. Um, basically, as time goes on, it whittles down. There are certain things you can, other stories that come up that you actually gain some antimatter as well. Now, what you need to do is you need to time things because if you run out of antimatter, you lose all the rewards you've gained so far. You don't gain anything. So you need to recall your ship before you lose your antimatter. So uh. you need to time that. But when you recall it, it takes time for your ship to travel back. So leave. it seems to vary on the time, but I found it's been an hour and a half to two hours to actually get back. So you still can't use your crew or claim the rewards until after that time has actually um, gone down to zero. So it's getting people to log in every couple of hours just to make sure their antimatter level hasn't gone all the way down. And what happens is after a certain amount of time, you get to like a decision mission. So something right. comes up, you say sort of which direction you're going in and what you're going to do. And you get sort of you get some honor, um, you get some chronotons and um, usually a character or two sort of I've usually found their sort of green quality and then it'll continue on on its way so yeah basically it's encouragement for people to keep signing into the game so if you actually have steam so rather than running your mobile phone down on your battery is you could always just have timelines open and just keep an eye on what's going on while you do other things that's what i intend to be doing this weekend <laughs> um but I, when i was originally watching it some of the type the little stories that come up is just like uh, they could probably do tweaking some of the algorithms it's like for example data got taken to sick bay because um and the whole crew had to be inoculated because he had the flu what and it's just like tempted data is in sick bay and it's just like he's an android he doesn't get the flu <laughs> and he wouldn't spread it to everybody else either unless it was a biological computer virus and the other one which made me giggle and i've seen this one i think three times come up is the mobile doctor has been um told to go and take some time off um, because he's been on long night shifts for four days straight or something along those lines. And it's just like, he's a hologram. Doesn't need time off. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> so, so I think they can probably tweak it to use more of the traits. Um, Lekesi says, my first blurb was the Borg Queen winning a poetry contest. Um, yeah, I, I've had that with one of my... Um, legendary Klingons as well and <laughs> so yeah some of these can be quite funny when you read them because it's just like yeah that wouldn't happen with that crew member <laughs> so I think they probably need to hook in what they have coming up with some of these storylines based on some of the character traits a little bit more this to... is a lot like what um what uh Fallout Shelter Bethesda did with Fallout Shelter in their send out your vault dwellers to explore the wasteland thing i've never this actually is, played this that is game. A really this is really similar to that it's okay. like you'll you'll send out your little your little people in the the vault thingy and they will they will go out 
and uh, they'll collect items and stuff for to bring back. And you can keep them going out there indefinitely until they die, basically. And you know, once you once you you know once you recall them, it'll take a while for them to get back. Like as much time as they've spent being out there, it'll take half that time to get back. But once they come back, they've got like all of this stuff that you don't have. And like ah. the longer they're out there, they can collect rarer and rarer items, which I assume is what will happen here too. Yeah, but as you go along, you basically get credits, you get chronotons. I think the last mission I got um, ended up with um, sort of like, I think it was 130 chronotons. Um, sort of nice. got um, something like 60 honor, um, some characters that I can then get more honor with. Um, I just so- found a Chicote. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. Um, oh, Brund FCA in chat has actually said at one time he had about 2,000 antimatter, one bad nebula, and then zero antimatter in a second. Oh. Yeah, the Kessie goes, ouch. So, um, so yeah, um, <laughs> I have had things happening, and yeah, you end up losing like 30 or 60 antimatter, and it's like, ow. <laughs> I love what Lucchesi says. My first blurb was the Borg Queen winning a poetry contest. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Lucchesi says a two-hour trip takes about 45 minutes to recall. Um, not always. As I said, it seems to be a bit random. The first one that I did went on for two and a half hours, and the recall for that was an hour and a half. Then the next one I did actually went on for five and three quarter hours. And then that took two hours to return. So I'm not sure whether or not they've got something that just moves around the map and it's a time between where you were or whether it's some other algorithm or if it's just completely random. Um, I'm not too sure. Um, Brunt says that... I also had 17 antimatter left, checked recall, and came empty. Have sent a ticket. I suppose, yeah, from what I understand, you need to have enough antimatter to actually get back. So if you've literally got down to at least a few hundreds, then at that point, I would say recall your ship um wait, soon wait, after wait wait i've got my own story right now so this is one of those hazard events that goes on or it's like a couple of things in succession and it says while the away team was searching an underground facility a thick metal door trapped stranded odo inside <laughs> yeah but yeah you, you do get some funny ones coming out um so you can see what I mean by they need to have a look at the traits and species and things like that to actually probably do a little bit more. But as they probably create new little mini storylines to actually use, I think that's when we're going to probably, then they can do more of that because they'll have more, they can say, right, that story does that. Oh, we need to add more for say shapeshifters. Um, we need to add more for the Borg, things like that. Um, Lucchesi says, I read 40% of timeout. Um, I think it's time actually spent. Um, 
But yeah, Brun says, I think the system is still a bit buggy. And considering it's literally just been released um, this week, um, yes, I'm sure, as with most systems, that um, there's probably something that's gone wrong and doesn't always work as intended. But I'm sure they'll get that fixed um, quite quickly. But yeah. It's definitely different, and as I said, first time I went into it, I just saw sort of us again like a hundred credits and this. I'm just thinking, is that all the rewards we're getting? It's just like great. But then I kept it going for a little while and came back. And it's like, ooh, got quite a bit. So yeah, um, it sort of it did sort of build up quite nicely in the end. So um, it, it was quite sort of nice to see. But I've actually taken um, screenshots of the results that I've actually got. So cause I thought I'd like to sort of analyse it. Um, but yeah, first time, because I was having a look at sort of how I did and it's just like how many you passed and failed. I thought that would be sort of quite interesting. But, um, yeah, where was it? There was one. Yeah, the second time round, I lost four red shirts. I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> and then the one that I've just completed, I lost two red shirts. So I just like the way they included little things like that. It definitely sounds fun. Because he says, always expect bugs, especially since item build bugs still there. Which item build bug is that? Uh, yeah. As we've said with Star Trek Online, there's going to be priorities. If something's not working where you can't play the game, then that's more than likely to sort of get sorted. Um, whereas a little bug where it's not sort of a game stopper, then yeah, that's going to be less a priority to sort than other things. So, um, so yeah, it, it can vary when some of these things get fixed. Because he says that one's hilarious, the red shirt bit. <laughs> yeah, that made me chuckle seeing that. I thought, I'm sure I didn't see that on the first one, but when I checked my screen capture, it wasn't there on the first one. Yes, he says the build bug doesn't always use all quantities of the components needed. I must admit, I don't think I've come across that issue. So, with version 3, as we said, we've got the new voyages. Um, at the moment... Yep, it got released today for me, and I'm now running my fourth one. So over the weekend, I just need to. Re I'll probably just load up Steam and play it on there, and I'll just have resize it to a corner of my screen and just keep an eye on it, recall the ship, send off my other things. The only problem now is, of course, I've got all my top crew of being out on these missions but that means that when it comes to the event it's a lot longer for me to do anything within there because i haven't oh, yeah, got my yeah. best crew especially as you send out so many of your top crew as well so um so yeah i haven't really got very far so far um i've only claimed up to the 8000 mark on the solo ones so um yeah still got a ways to go for this week's event. Now, 
as we mentioned, Star Trek Discovery is being introduced and there'll be more coming out. So there's new characters, new ships and new crew and storylines which will be making their way into the game. So version three will get a sneak preview to an updated introductory storyline featuring Commander Michael Burnham and existing players will still warp into Star Trek Discovery in the first week of October with a month-long mega event, Discovery, A New Anomaly. So they say stay tuned for details. So as the weeks go on, we'll let people know. But we've had some of these mega events before. I think we had, there's the Borg one, wasn't there? The Borg one, and didn't we have a Klingon one? Yeah, I think so. So we've had these things before, and this time round, it's all to do with Star Trek Discovery. Now, as we know, we've already got one officer, and we know there's one for um, the main lead character, Commander Michael Burnham. So she'll definitely be in. Um, there's actually a trailer. When you actually log into the game, there's a little pop-up that tells you about the news that Discovery's coming. If you actually click the image, it'll actually load up the YouTube video, which is their trailer for it, um, which I thought was funny because you get the... Um, not the Discovery ship, um, the Shinzao, um, coming through Anomaly, and you get Q saying, hmm, tell... Uh, um, Ambassador Serac, that's his daughter's here. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Spoiler territory. <laughs> so, well, it's nothing that we haven't seen in trailers. So it's not really a spoiler, but it, it's, of course, getting people to think, ooh, come back into the game to see what happens. Um, now, I think they've recently, originally they did the image and it was just a bit of text that said, click the image to see it. Um, but now it actually says, I think, learn more. So if you log back into the game, if you're already in it, um, the little image that you click to get the YouTube video actually now says learn more. So it's actually got a call to action on it to make it a little bit more obvious for those people who just go, yeah, close that down. Would you like um, to know more? <laughs> now, with this release, every player got 10 free crew slots. So the total free crew slots went up to 55. And once again, this happens right after I buy some more crew slots. <laughs> but at least it means I've got 11 free because, um, yeah, I'm running. I, don't know, I should have more than that. I think it's just because I've picked up a load of level ones with the stuff that I've just collected. And let me just have a look. Yeah, I have. So, yeah, I've got a lot of grey and green quality um, characters from the most recent voyage. So, yeah, I should have 15 slots free because I should have only filled 210 out of the now 225. And, of course, they also, during this time at the moment, I think it ends this weekend at some point, is half price crew slots. Of course, I've spent my Dilithium on them already. Just like, saw that, it's like, ah, grumble. At some <laughs> point, at some point, one of the mail messages I got gave me 100 Dilithium. It's like, I can't do anything with this, but thanks. Um, well, you could, you can get stuff, you can spin the Dabo wheel. I'm not going to do that. 
spinning, spinning the double wheel again is not is not a long term thing. Like a long term thing would be, hey, here's 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 seven hundred and fifty dilithium. Go and buy yourself a third shuttle. That's a long term thing. I was just trying to get people to do stuff with the lithium. I can't even remember why they gave that out actually. Um It was some I think it was some sort of compensation. Yeah. No 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 no. It wasn't it was um uh Oh no anniversary message. Yeah. yeah. Um Oh yeah, Lucas just put it in chat actually. Um Now what you could do, as I said, if you are just free to play, you're not spending any money, you can go to the time portal and you can actually go um, and do the Dabo wheel, but to make the most of your Dilithium, if you do the first spin where you use the 5,000 credits, you can then do the second spin. That will cost you 10. And then the next day, you can do that again. So each time you spin, so basically you get 10 spins over 10 days. So you've basically got an extra chance to win. Well, you could even get a legendary character. Um, doesn't the odds of getting it is very low, but um, the chances are quite high. You'll get something that you use, um, even if it's just like a few hundred schematics. More, more often than ship. not, I've actually gotten not uh, not the top row, but I've gotten the uh, legendary ship schematics off the second row. Yeah, I, I I've got that fairly often, and that's just from doing the the credit spin as well. Yeah, and that's just doing the credit spins. Only once have I got the top line one, and again, that was on the credit one. So there are chances to get anything in there. Um, as I said, the higher the row, the less chance you have of getting it. But if you don't spend to, if you don't spend money to get the lithium, as I said, the best way you can try and get some nice nicer items um, or at least some useful items to help level crew up is to basically do that um, once each day because yeah once you do the 10 dilithium I think it goes up to 30 then 50 then 100 if I recall correctly oh um, hey wow replicator rations in this voyage nice I got the the uncommon replicator rations I got 18 of them wow nice um Ah, Brun says, I got my Borg cube from the spins. <laughs> uh, that's how I got that's how I got my Borg cube too. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, he says, yeah, no spin, no win. So yeah, if, like yourself, son, you don't tend to purchase the lithium, yeah. and there's nothing that you can really spend a hundred lithium on, then yep. Just Once take 10 each days day. and spin the, the, the tent for the yep. wheel. Yeah, so sure. Just rather than doing it once a day to with the credits, you can do it twice a day and you've got a second chance to get something a little bit nicer. Um, that, that's what I would suggest. Um, of course, you can decide to... Well, with 100, you could easily buy... Well, even the normal packs themselves, it's usually 70... Two or was it seventy five? No, seventy two. So you could just buy one of the premium reward packs. Um, I've I've got to say it's 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 a little bit awesome what's going on here because <laughs> at this point in my voyage I am actually gaining more antimatter that I'm using. I'm constantly passing the hazards. 
Yeah, um, it does happen. Um, the first time I ran it, I just kept gaining. I started with 2,500 and gone up to 2,800, I think it was. Then I, I went to work, checked in my break, and then all of a sudden I'm sort of like down to a few hundred. And it's like, what? <laughs> Obviously, I hit an awful lot of hazards. <laughs> it's just like, damn it. Well, see, yeah, this, is like, what the, this is what the uh, plus assignments are for. Like, each crew has a, here, this person will add so many antimatter. That, per- that, that perk also works on the hazards as well, so... Yeah, so it's a nice addition to the game so um but yeah it's just at times the first time i ran it it's just like i'd got like one chronoton it's just like yeah that's helpful one chronoton and 100 credits and then i got a second chronoton and then 200 credits and a couple of other small items and it's just like can we talk about like the most important thing from update three like the one thing that I've specifically asked for. No, we're going to leave that to last. Oh, you <laughs> bastard! <laughs> so, hey, look, we're at the end of the conversation. Nice. <laughs> so, also with some of these updates, they've updated the battle arena. Um, they've updated the UI, and they've also added better rewards. Now, I do like the UI. It does look cleaner, but of course, then watching to see how far you've got your opponent down becomes an awful lot harder because rather than being next to each other it's a lot higher and it's of course away from where you're pressing the buttons so i think that they should swap round your status and the enemy status so you know how much more you need to get them down and whether you've got critical hits on them rather than yourself but that's probably just my preference. But in general, it does look cleaner because it's not all just cluttered at the bottom. So, um, but yeah, interesting to see what other people think regarding the battle arena. Now that's been updated. Um, we had also mentioned a little bit earlier that you've got Lieutenant Saro. That's in your quarters. So check out your in-game email. So yeah that's it um oh they've also added 20 new ranks to the purchable crew slots so for a total of 38 ranks so that's a total of 190 purchable crew slots again after you buy some <laughs> yeah so um yeah because i'm just trying to think so i'm trying to think does that mean that there's only 245 slots you can have in total me and math don't get along too well. So, yeah. This is why I'm not one of those min-max or metagamers. This is like, me and math don't get along too well. <laughs> but yeah, if it is that you get 55 free, and then you get 190 that you can purchase, that gives you a total of 245. So that means I can only get an extra 40 slots if I keep going at the moment. So... The problem is, is the amount of slots that you've got compared to the amount of purchable crew are a lot less. <laughs> so, I, I, as I've said before, yeah, Brun says, yep, there is currently 425 characters that are in the game at the moment. So, so yeah, you've got almost, well, it's not 
quite double, but it's definitely sort of heading that way because you've got basically 180 crew that you can't get if you max out the 200 and odd slots that you can get, the 245. Because <laughs> he says, quick, name them all. But, uh, but yeah. I, I, hope- I would never be able to accomplish that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But no, as I Although said... I did just pick up a lily. That's nice. The oh, first yeah, that's contact the- lily. Yeah. I opened one of the rare tin packs that I had that I've been given from the events, and there was a lily. It was a super. It was a super rare behold, and it had Lily and Orion Slaver and somebody else in it. And I just chose Lily. Oh, I don't have Lily. What? I have a character that Midnight doesn't have and hasn't maxed ranked already. He shoved uh, in a cryostasis tube. What? What I've madness got, is this? What century do I live in? <laughs> I have plenty of characters that I don't have, and plenty that are not fully leveled. So. I did manage, um, since we last on the show, I have managed to finally immortalise a legendary character. Um, nice. And you'll appreciate this, it's a Klingon. So, is, um, is, that, is that the guy you've been crew sharing with us? That is indeed, Korta. <laughs> so, um, yeah, got him to five star, which in order to... I managed to use... Um, sort of the rewards for different events to actually get him to four star. And then I finally got over, was it 50,000 honor? So I used that to get an upgrade token. So finally got him to level five, but it took an awful lot of grinding to get the honor to do that. So as you kept using all my credits to get the 10 pack with the credits, basically getting the sort of, the greys, the greens, and the blues, and then literally just recycling them. So I was just airlocking them. So, um, so yeah, it, I finally got him there. And he's got some nice stats. So 921 commands, 404 diplomacy, and 1,209 security. And, yeah, he's very helpful to share in events. So, I bet. Um, the last one you were sharing was Janeway. Yeah, well, she's the next one that I've got. Again, I've got her all the items. She's level 100, but I've only got her three out of four stars. So, oh. And that's um, Arachnia Janeway. So, um, yeah, I need to get another two of them. So what I'm planning to do is to, again, try and build up my honor to actually get another one of those. So... I'm just under 17,000, so I'm slowly again getting the honour up, and with the introduction of the new voyages as well, where you're getting honour, I'm getting about 30 to 60 honour each time I'm doing that. Not to mention, if you keep doing all the stuff in your star bases, um, because, well, we're still a pretty small fleet, so usually you can get 30 to 60 in the fleet, as I said, might have been able to claim some more if some of our American crew are doing stuff later on, but by then I've gone to bed. So I don't get to do that. But, um, yeah. But yeah, I'm slowly getting it all together and 
hopefully there'll be another event where I can get Arachnia Janeway. Um, but yeah, looking to try and get another one leveled up. But it, it all takes time. But yeah, I've got where are we? Three, six, nine. Yeah, I've got yeah, quite a lot. Yeah, I'm still. Yeah, I'm not going to count all of them. I've got quite a lot to a hundred, and quite a lot of immortalized. Which, yeah, I've got a load of them that I've already cryo vaulted for the lower levels. What I need to do is for the events and things like that. Is for things like the cadet challenges and for the arena. What I tend to do is I will have I'll complete to the elite missions in sort of one track for the first ones and oh, sorry the epic ones and then i'll just keep rerunning the first one because then i can get like the maximum amount of chronotons right right um i have recently tried completing all of them because i thought it would be nice to get them all done so for most of them i've done that but they i still haven't got for some of the challenges enough on some of my characters, even if they're level 100, I haven't got the right characters with high enough ratings to max out everything. So I need to go through, update my spreadsheet because I haven't done that for um, quite a while now. And then I need to go through each of the challenges and make a note of what I need for each of the missions that are still outstanding. Because uh, just because I'm a completionist, um, I just want to say, right, well, I'm going to aim to level that crew up. Or if I don't have the crew to get that rating, what I'll need to do is to go and have a look at the spreadsheet to work out which crew I do need to get. Um, or even bring back from the cryo vault, because I may have actually vaulted somebody who I could use to get that. So I, I need to look into that when I get a bit of time. So I'm hoping to do that in the next couple of months at some point. So, um, yeah, in chat, we've got um, RundFCA who says, I play for only two months now, but I believe levelling the blue females as soon as possible helps out a lot. <laughs> so, oh, oh, he would. He's a ringy. <laughs> um, so, Lakesi says, um, blue alien fleet females, also green alien fed females. Um, so, yeah, Brun says all of them because Saturday Cadet Challenge Epic Tab gives nice honours. So, um, but yeah, um, there are challenges that do give honour, but of course they only give it once. Unfortunately, they don't um, give it multiple times. So uh, once it's claimed, that's the only time you do it. But yeah, other missions along that track do allow you to claim some extra honour as well. And in the epic track i think on some of them you can actually get like a good couple of hundred at honor as well so um it's quite a nice reward so yeah all these little things because one of the things we always complained is just like you can't do anything and i must admit the first time i ran the voyages it's just like well what's the point in all of this it's just it's not like i can do anything with it um all i can do is read it and i wasn't quite sure whether or not if I quit out of that screen, whether or not it would do something and cancel it. In the end, I just exited it and got a message and thought, read it. And I still wasn't quite sure whether or not that would stop it. 
But yeah, the first time you quit out of your voyage, it does come up with an alert basically just telling you to check back. You're not going to lose the rewards you've got. So that's perfectly normal. And you've just got to keep an eye on your antimatter and remember to hit recall. Now, sometimes if you're in the middle of a mission thing and you're getting a graphic up of your crew, then you won't see the recall button. You've got to wait until the little timer is counting down and then you can recall the ships back. So, um, yeah, all these little things, as with most mobile games, they're great just... uh, Kill time. Do something Star Trekky, but uh... Star Trekking across the cubicles. <laughs> but no, um, one of our community questions for today uh, is actually f- people's thoughts on version three of Star Trek Timelines, um, even version two point two, which we didn't get to cover in August. Um, let us know what you think about the star bases and the fleet management side of stuff and let us know what you think of all the new things coming in timelines with version 3 including the discovery stuff we want to know your thoughts can, can, can we talk about it now oh. no we'll just leave it for this week you bastard <laughs> I'm joking go on you can say the Okay, so a while ago they were running a thing for that they had a like free month of everybody playing the game was able to access um, VIP status, and uh, that meant everybody got access to certain extra perks while playing the game. And I do mean everybody, even the free-to-play players. And one of the biggest, most awesomest things that. Uh, that that provided was the Warp 1 experience. Well, with Update 3, Warp 1 is now available to everybody! Yay! So basically, I don't know if... if I don't know exactly, because it doesn't really explain it in the patch notes, but I, I would assume you have to at least complete the mission before you can do it again in Warp 1. To get Warp 1 you need to have completed um i think it's just the normal level um but to get warp 10 you need to have completed it at um epic okay well the i would i I still assume warp 10 is under vip status yes so that's you know that's fair i i just eh, i i don't know how the warp one things work so Seeing that warp one is available, yes, I can do nothing but I, I can I can just sit here and crank out Starfleet uniforms and uh, the the clothing patterns because I am always in need of those two things, always. But um, yeah, it's been a while since I earned warp one, so so yeah, it's. I'm just looking it up now, um, just to make sure we give correct information. Okay, because, yeah, originally to use Warp 1, you had to be VIP level 1. And then from VIP 3 onwards, the player can travel up to Warp 10, um, completing multiple runs um, at a time. So, now... People who were free to play could use Warp 1 if they watch one of the adverts. Um, that's what had happened. But now 
Warp 1 is now open to everybody. So basically any regular mission that has been three-starred can be completed using Warp. So and see, that was yeah, that was my basic idea. Like, give give that give that to give that to the players. You know, the the normal free to play players. If they've completed a, a mission on three star, give them access to warp one. I mean, yeah, I mean, at least give them a taste of of what warp ten would be. Considering you have like the here here is the one time speed of opening all of the packs that you get from the the gateway and then if you click the button here's a speed sped up version that will go through it faster well okay you, you have that with the uh, the opening of packs it kind of only makes sense that you would give the free to play players the access to hey here's the normal mission but a little bit faster and if you want to run it 10 times you, you really want to get vip nudge 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 yeah now it's good because it saves a load of time it also means you don't have to have your the crew available to actually just use and slot at the time now there are advantages and disadvantages which are on the wiki so advantages of using warp is you save considerable amount of time by basically skipping the whole mission sort of slotting all your characters and everything else you don't have all the animations so very quick in comparison um quickly dump batches of chronotons into a mission to speed up the collection of the items that you need so you for example, if you needed clothing patterns, you can just basically go to the mission that does it, hit warp, you get it. Um, the player will always receive the full repeat Captain XP reward for that mission. For away missions, the path yielding for away missions, the path yielding the most rewards will be chosen automatically, including missions with a four reward path. Lock nodes are not relevant. It is not possible to either unintentionally reduce the rewards by accidentally failing a node or missing a reward node or completing failing a mission. Missions See, at will- that point, you know, at that point, it doesn't matter anyway, because you have to have unlocked all of those nodes to access Warp 1 in the first place. Yeah, which is why they're saying it's not possible to unintentionally reduce the rewards. Right. Um, missions will always succeed, so there's no chance of accidentally tapping the wrong branch to go down and going, ah, crap, I didn't want to do that one. (laughs) I've done that a couple of times. Um, Away missions can still be completed even if the necessary crew is on a shuttle mission. So as I was saying earlier on, that if you've got your crew out or whatever, it makes no difference because you've completed it. It gives you that little bonus. Um, reduced crew XP will be received in the form of crew experience training tokens, which can be collected instead of using it directly on an away team member. So usually when you complete the mission by using the crew, that those crew members get an XP bump for their participation. But because you don't have that, that's why they added getting the crew experience training tokens into the missions instead. Right, right. Um, drop rates for the item stays the same when using warp. So if you've got a 1 in 4 chance of getting item A, then you've still got that 1 in 4 chance. So the odds of a drop are exactly the same. 
the player will end the warp at the same space location they were at when and then warp the player will end the warp at the same space location they were at when warp was started a warp sequence will be considered as warping to the mission location completing the mission and warping back so what are the disadvantages well the credit rewards for warp speed missions are reduced to 70 percent so you lose 30 percent of the possible credits that you can get um so if credits are something that you want, then you should go the longer way around if you've got the crew still around to do so and you haven't sent them off on other missions, such as voyages or um, the away missions. Um, <laughs> Here's a good one. To ensure that we make a good impression on any new species we encounter, young Khan spent several hours practicing first contact protocols in the holodeck. <laughs> Um, so the other disadvantage they have listed is crew XP for warp speed missions will be reduced to 70% independent of the warp factor. This applies to all away missions and assumes that a three-team crew for ship battles. For non-warp battles with teams of two or four, this factor is different. See the table below. The no Note the amount received when warp is not influenced by the ship that you currently have active. So the crew XP for the away mission is at 70%. For the ship battles, for two crew, it's 105%. Three crew, it's 70%. For four crew, it's 52.5%. And they've got a bit about how to interpret all that. So it's all on the Star Trek Timelines wiki and I'm just putting the link into our show notes so I will include that if you wish to take a look so but yeah as we're saying warp one is now available and can be very useful Um, as I was saying just to get if I'd forgotten to get things for the starbase I can literally go to um the galaxy map and head over to the first lot of missions so i can head over to like distress calls or for um the art of war um even if i go to um the elite branch for the missions um the first space and ground one there are only four credits each so by using warp 10 literally within a couple of seconds i can get a load of stuff for the star base and items and then i can do one lot of ground one lot of space and then i could say go to um even say the klingon empire distress calls because they're all space so right um in there again you've got missions in the normal branch or the first couple which again are 40 each so you do warp 10 on those and even if you only have the warp one it's an awful lot quicker so you just collect your items and then you can go to the star base and you can donate to that that way and of course you pick up all the items as you go um but yeah warp definitely does help so if you haven't used it yes yes it does take a look now it's available to you Okay. Well, I think that's it for Star Trek Timelines, unless you've got anything to add? Nope, but I will have to say this. 
when we start talking about the stuff in Stowe, I'm going to add the snippets of the first thing that came to my mind when uh, when these things came out. <laughs> There's been quite a few. There's been quite a few. Okay. Well, I get it's it's time to head over to Star Trek Online. For Star Trek Online news, we've got a lot of things coming up. One of the things that started earlier on this month, on September 12th, was the new featured episode, Beyond the Nexus. This one, you get not only to see the forging game, and it actually brings us to the Nexus, which is saying people have been going, oh, well, if I've done my maths right, in this is the sort of time that we should be seeing the Nexus again. Well, they finally added it to the game. Well, uh, see, I, again, I'm not a person that's great with math, but I knew the Nexus was coming. And you want to know how I knew the Nexus was coming? Because of the last featured episode. Because the last time we talked about this, it was still the, the initial launch week of that featured episode. So we're like, no spoilers, right? And... um Playing that mission, the Sonar have some unique abilities that look a lot like the freaking Nexus. Like, they have that temporal rift thing that they launch, and it looks like a Nexus wave. I'm like, hmm, this makes me think the Nexus is coming. Sure enough, next episode, hey, it's LaForge and the Nexus. All right. But yeah, in Star Trek Generations, it was determined that it crossed through the galaxy every... 39 years or just over 39 years so the last time that it sort of appeared was in 2371 so of course you add 39 years to 2371 and what do you get uh 2410 yep okay which of, of course when the game started, we were a year away from it, but of course, mm-hmm. since then, the game has moved into 2410. So there's been lots of people on the forums and social media, so they've asked in the past, when are we still going to see all this? Um, are we going to touch on it? Are we going to have a bridge on the captain? It'd be really nice to to have the night massive AU's long V'ger probe show back up. Like, at this point, at least at this point in all of the timeline stuff, I would assume V'ger is not this massive, huge, freaking hulk of a thing. So, like, if it did show back up, it wouldn't be the massive thing that you see in the motion picture. Although some people would want that, I don't think that's what would happen with it. Yeah, we've, we've already got large tampons in the game. For anyone who doesn't know what I mean, I'm talking about in the Borg Red Alerts. There's a lot of people that call them the Borg Tampons. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of a lot of other feminine jokes involving bleeding, and I'm just going to shut my mouth. (laughs) It wasn't something I made up, but now it's... Now it's a thing that exists. Yep, but let's move on. (laughs) So yeah, um... We get introduced to the Nexus, and we also get introduced to 
the wonderful new sort of internal bridge and sort of adjoining rooms of the Enterprise D, which the classic galaxy is when we got the Defiant Bridge, that looked so good. But what they've done now, that really does look beautiful. I just wish my graphics card would do it justice. So if you see the images that they've taken, it's just like, I want my computer to show it like that. I can totally understand the, the moment you step off the transporter and there's like green sound foam in the like the engineering compartment of the transporter room. And it's like, oh, wow, <laughs> it's just like, this is good. I really want to get the full bridge pack when it came out and mm-hmm. I want to look around it. Um, I was just so impressed. I was literally looking around the new bridge and yeah, I I had a look all around, and I like the fact that they've even included a toilet. <laughs> I wonder how many people spotted it. If you go to the other side of the bridge, it's next to um, the conference room, I think it was. Because, yeah, I haven't played it in over a week. I've still got to do the second week's uh, replay of it. Um, but I just love the fact they'd included it, because, of course, that's always been... The so joke about Star Trek because it's just like doesn't anybody ever go to the toilet? There's, so that's that's one Easter egg. Did anybody notice the other one? Yeah, Lucchesi say. I was just gonna say Lucchesi's gone ready room. I was just like yeah, yeah there's like when the... you're fighting on the when you're fighting on the when you're fighting on the bridge, you have access to the ready room of the Galaxy Bridge, and you can go to the other side, and you've got the um, bridge officers conference, conference room. room as well. And, yeah, outside of there, you've actually got the toilet. So, so yeah, it's the full bridge layout that you'd see on screen. And it just looks so good. So, yeah, what was the, the one you were talking about, the other Easter egg? There's another Easter egg. If you go into shooter mode, you know, the you, like you press the little X button and you go into the crosshairs mode. Yeah. Um, the zoomed in mode and go and look at all of the interior doors on deck 10 they have the names of the art leads on them ah i didn't notice that so like the door the the, the doors to the different rooms actually have like you know their quarters and the quarters are like you know taco nick uh nick do good like you know and it, and it has his his uh, status in game as like the the environmental artist, I think it was. <laughs> oh, that's so, cool. So yeah, it's it's got like all the all the little the art devs and you know like different other devs and what their what their status is. Nice. In the- now, I tried going through it all the doors, but of course it wouldn't allow you access. But no, I I hadn't looked at that. I'll, I'll have to have a look when I play it this weekend. That's cool. Yeah, I like because I like that, and I like the that the um the um the little the, the I don't know what to call those the little bulb things. You know, they they'd yank them off the walls to get into the circuitry. You know, the the big gray things, the paneling, big gray paneling. There's like a little. Each one of those has a um. Has their its own little card on them that says what they are, and one of them's got like optical relay and stuff on it. 
Yeah, ever since they did the new Earth Space Dock, when it comes to little signs and things like that, they've done that little bit extra, and they've gone that little bit further again. Um, I like the fact they've done all that detail. Um, I'm going to go just, have a look. Because, yeah, in Voyager, you actually, when in season one, you actually get tests looking at the name tags of the doors going that's not where this person is yeah yeah because i think that's the first time we actually see mm-hmm. that people have got their names on the doors for their assigned quarters and, and now that we're doing now that we're doing star trek in 4k that's going to happen all the time yeah but yeah no that that was that was an interesting little thing there's one thing that bothered me about the mission What's that? I don't I don't think Barkley is assigned to the Forestall I don't think Barkley is assigned to the Forestall so why were why were we running one of his hollow programs that doesn't mean that uh, it's not on the ship but those are personal hologram hollow programs well, the stuff that he does with holograms, he he's probably been on Jupiter Station and uploaded it to all Federation ships. <laughs> Accidentally on purpose, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, I I I I think that was a um, a nice little callback. Um, Polonia says in chat, I can imagine Reg Barkley's quarters is interesting. <laughs> But now I'm looking forward to once I get payday in a week's time is to actually get the bridge, the full bridge set and to really have a look because you've got all the main areas which you can go and walk around. So, yeah, come payday next week, I'm going to be going to purchase that pack for 2000 zen. Okay, so yeah, that's that, that that actual bridge pack, that that bridge cosmetic is actually in the C store right now for like twenty bucks because it's like two thousand zen. Uh, uh, another yeah. thing that came out, another thing that came out this week is, hey, if you log in to Star Trek Online this weekend, you can get the Discovery outfits for free. And I'm thinking, Discovery outfits for free with seventy plus badge variants. 20 bucks for the Galaxy Bridge. Uh, wh- wh- uh, okay. I mean, I'd actually kind of pay the money for the 70 something different, you know, Delta variants for the Discovery outfit. Yeah, but then so is every other member of Caspian Fleet. Well, it's not even that. Do that. It's the, it's the, it's, <laughs> you know, the, the bridge itself is just the bridge itself. I mean, hell, even the Voyager bridge came with a bundle thing. This is just the bridge, and they want the, 20 bucks for it. The problem is they've already got all the Galaxy-class ships in-game. It's not like they can introduce a new Voyager model like they've done, because they've already done all that. Well, no, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. Shh, why not put it into a bundle? They might well do. Um... So I guess we'll find out whether or not you can get the ship and the thing for a little bit cheaper. But they're probably, as with most things, things get released and bundles and discounts come later on. So, uh, But no, it really does look nice. Um, and 
Yeah, come payday. I'm going to be getting it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I completely understand. So, uh, see, see, you may not be, you may not be the, 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 uh, ground fashionista that a bunch of the other Caspian people are, but you are the ship fashionista. I've, I've, I've got all but a few of the uniforms. Um, and I've got a lot of uniforms actually out. Um, so I can help my own when it comes to stuff like that. <laughs> but yeah, um, as we were actually talking about Beyond the Nexus, we are now on week two rewards. Um, okay, so. okay. Here was here was my first thought when that episode came out, and I looked at the rewards and saw the rewards. All you people who are complaining about not having the Type Three Phaser, eat it. You can never complain about not having the damn thing ever again. Go and get it. If you don't, that's on you. Shut up. <laughs> but yeah, weeks one reward. Um, actually gave you the um, console reinforced armaments as well as the normal weekly reward box of either a te- up- tech upgrade or a specialization point box. And then week two, this week, the extra reward that's available is the Trilithium Tricobalt Torpedo Launcher. And again, you can either get a tech upgrade or a specialization point box as well. So, yep, make sure you go and replay the mission. And yep, if you didn't catch these tricks, you can go and have a look for yourself. Now, what did you think of the voiceover for Geordie LaForge by LeVar Burton? It was definitely spot on, like he'd never walked off the set or the show had ever stopped. I know, right? I was listening to it, and I'm just thinking... (laughs) My god! It's just like, that is the best voiceover in the game. It was just perfect, because it's like all the other ones for, like, when it came to, like, the EMH, Seven of Nine, Neelix. There's a lot of them which are good, but literally, it was as if I was just watching TNG again when I heard him do it. But that's the thing. All of those other people were acting characters. That's LeVar Burton. LeVar Burton never even changed his voice for him being LaForge. So when you hear LaForge, you're hearing LeVar Burton. And when you go and talk to LeVar Burton in the real world, he sounds exactly like LaForge. Yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, you it's so noticeable and it's just like, wow that is so good it's just like even like the stuff that we've had with the Klingons and things like that it it is it was just his character and you're right it is just LeVar Burton and it was just great so I am looking forward to season 14 when we get more of him I swear to God, if one of these episodes that has Le- that has Lavar and Jordy in it, and he doesn't goes and he doesn't say, but you don't have to take my word for it, I will be pissed <laughs> because I love the frack out of reading Rainbow. Polonius uh-huh. says in chat, I have to agree. Lavar did an amazing job. Um, he is quite human. I like his character. Not the best engineer, however, quite capable. So, so yeah, 
I enjoyed the mission. I'm looking forward to actually playing it again, and hopefully this week I'll have a little bit more time to um, go through it properly. I did sort of rush it last week. I was hoping to have got ready to do the show last week, but didn't quite get things organised and others weren't available, and um, just headaches were getting worse. So, um, yeah, last week's show didn't quite materialise as we'd planned. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. I just I, I tabbed over to see what was going on in my voyage while studying the system of a long defunct satellite or the systems of a long defunct satellite. Maki Torres found a storage locker full of supplies. Rewards received. Federation credits. Federation credits. Somebody found a whole bunch of money in a satellite. <laughs> yeah. As I said, you can get some quite funny things in um, these little journal bits there. <laughs> So, okay. So, as we've mentioned, Lavar Burton and season fourteen. Um, of course, Lavar Burton's appearance to Star Trek Online was actually announced at the Star Trek Las Vegas panel for Star Trek Online. So that's when they announced that on September twelfth, the PC version of Star Trek Online would get the Beyond the Nexus um, featured episode, which would um, include Captain LaForge. They also said that that we'd be getting the fully remodeled galaxy interior, um, and they added a note saying, our environment artists have lovingly recreated the home of the cast of The Next Generation, and they meant it. They had as we've just discussed with all the little bits that they've added, they obviously put a lot of work into recreating that. And and when you've got the Defiant, as I said, that is a wonderful bridge set alone. But there are still parts of it you think, that doesn't quite look to be uh, to the right spec. But going through the Enterprise D bridge, that did. You see the civilian quarters on deck 10, so it's got the wood paneling and the the carpeting on the walls. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I I just think it's just very, very impressive. And, yeah, it shows. But that's not the only thing that will be coming. When Season 14 is launched, they'll be doing server-wide giveaways again. So it'll give you the uh, um, the giveaway for the TNG scant uniform. So that will be appearing. So that's Nick been... will be happy. Yep, that's Nick from the GNT show. And yeah, he's got his own scant that he wears to conventions. So yeah, he'll be happy to actually have one for his character in game. Although most of his characters, yeah, he's a Romulan, although he's got um, a Vulcan who's um, I was going to say Tau it's not Tau is it? It was oh what's the yeah there's a sort of a mini faction of Romulans was it Tau I can't remember now not that it's important but yeah he's got a Vulcan which he's basically they're pretending to be Vulcan but they're really Romulan, I think it is, for his main character. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so, yeah. I'm, well, I if he creates an Agents of Yesterday character and then comes to the future, he can wear the scant. Indeed. 
and there'll also be the Type 7 shuttle. Um, so they'll be doing that to celebrate the anniversary oh of the new TV show. <laughs> everybody remembers the Type 8, and then everybody sees the Type 7, and they're like, oh my god, that's disgusting and somehow cute. <laughs> The, the nacelles are like perched up right beside the 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 cabin. Um, as well as Lavar Burton, we've got Kipley Brown, who had a role in Star Trek Enterprise, um, who's returning to do her voiceover as Captain Kamaki. So um, that'll be another voiceover we'll be getting. But of course, there's no mention of anything else or anybody else coming in for TNG voiceovers. Although, as we know, um, as mentioned earlier, they get quite tight-lipped these days about having people on and releasing news um, when things are more complete, now we say. So, or at least the marketing team says, okay, you can talk about it. Yeah. So then there could be some more people. Um, just, yeah, don't know yet. So, uh, yeah. Time will tell, I guess. Now, as I said, season 14 was announced. So with this new season, we're going to get a new fleet holding. We'll go into, I'll just quickly summarize what we're getting. And then we'll go into what we know about these things in a moment. So the new fleet holding is five tiers. So it's not a bit like Starbase. That's five tiers. Um, all the other holdings that we've had since then were only three. So this is going to be a full five tiers of progression and rewards. So season 14 is named Emergence, and it will have a brand new Zinkethi Red Alert, two new fleet holdings events queue, so there'll be a ground and space, and there'll be a colony map special event. And there'll also be a new primary specialization called Miracle Worker. And the reason why the ability Miracle Worker got renamed was because Miracle Worker was to become the specialization. So it was to avoid future confusion about what Miracle Worker was. I'm trying to think now what they actually renamed it to. Can you recall? I don't, because I've not fiddled with any of that, honestly. <laughs> I logged in, played the mission, logged out. Logged in, played the mission, put in a few buffs, did a thing in a starbase, logged out. It's, it's basically all I've done for two weeks now in Star Trek Online. It's just, it, it doesn't hold my interest anymore. I mean, the story, the story is actually starting to get good, but it's just... Beyond that, it doesn't hold my interest anymore. It's called Miraculous Repairs now, it's called. So, um, but no, for me, I haven't been in game purely because I just haven't had the time. And yeah, I've just been in, signed in, done the daily doffs and Admiralty, and then signed back out. Um, Haven't sort of checked on the star bases and the other holdings, but haven't really had a chance to sort of get in and just play um sort of the most i tend to do with that has just been the featured episodes recently um but the way life goes sometimes so i'm looking forward to 
sort of getting in and playing. There have been a few times I've gone in, oh, I actually have a little bit of time that I can play. What shall I do? And it's just like looking through all the lists of things I've still got to do in game just for my main character. It's like, hmm. It's just like, oh, yeah, there's the, um, what do you call it? The thing that's appearing on the right-hand side every couple of days. Um, the, the, the Fallout thing. Uh, the, the Endeavor system. Endeavor system, thank you. So it's just like, oh, I might go and do that. So I found I've been replaying some content um, to complete those, which has um, been nice and refreshing. Although Looks a like lot an of updated them... version of the, the Enclave symbol from Fallout for those who don't know what I was talking about. So, moving on to Season 14, the Fleet Holding. Is it Dranur? I think that's how that's spelled? I think so. Pronounced. So I think it's Drenur. I guess we'll find out when we hear it said in the next mission. I think we'll probably end up heading there or being referred. But yeah, Drenur Colony Fleet Holding. So this will be the new one. Now, the pictures that we've seen of it so far, it looks in some respects like new romulus with all lots of landscape around lots of outside and inside so it'll be interesting to see what we have and i think there's like an adventure area as well so sort of like a little adventure zone attached to it um where you can do missions because as we mentioned in the last episode basically there's going to be an activity you keep going back to earn instead of getting all the um little resource things that you used to have to get for the holdings so instead of instead of paying credits like fleet credits to your replicator you 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 have to go and do the thing at the colony to get them yeah so um yeah it's good that you're actually playing content for it so regular says super duper grindy but then that's the same with every mmo even Star Trek timelines and Star Wars The Old Republic, you do, you're always having to do something to get these rewards. It's just how they work. Which is part of the reason why I stopped playing some of these games after a while. It's like, eh, it's not worth it anymore. The The time investment I'm putting in does not feel like it is netting me any meaningful reward anymore well before work got busy and health got bad and things like that one of the things i always enjoyed was being part of so many fleets and knowing so many people is i could just jump on to any team speak server discord server um vent wherever and just talk to people see what they're doing join in doing all sorts of different missions and it was always just that little bit different and even if it was the same sort of missions but with a different group of people the way people do things it just kept it fresh and it's one of the reasons why i don't think i've got burnt out like a lot of people i know have done at times is because it also helps like having 40 something characters across seven accounts well yes um but again it just keeps it fresh uh, sort of like you play a vulcan you've actually got a neck pinch ability um and you play occasion and you can jump really high and really far um 
it's nice to play something that little bit different. Yes, I've still got characters that are on level five. Um, sort of thing. I still haven't Slacker. got. But it just means got a bit bored of this character doing that mission. Ah, screw it. I'll go do something else. Actually, I'll go do some of the early missions again. Been a while since I played that, so I'll go and level up doing some stuff for one of the other characters. So it gives me a lot of variety on what I can do. I'm not just limiting myself. And I think that's what a lot of people tend to do, unfortunately, is it's just like, oh, yeah, I've played that mission already. Don't want to do it again. Um, I've already leveled that one up to this bit. And then they don't do anything. And the missions they do, they tend to just repeat to get a single reward rather than saying, well, I could play that one or that one or that one or that one. It's just like, well, I'm only going to play this one. Um, So it's just like, well, try doing something a little bit different. And it's possible, but yes, some people just don't want to do it, which is completely acceptable. But to me, I'm just thinking, well, you're limiting what you're doing. It's like saying you've got a pack of cards, but I'm only ever going to play solitaire with it. That gets a bit boring after a while. You could play poker. Yeah, of course, that gets a bit boring. But at the same time, that for some people, that may be all they understand how to do. Yeah, but it's only when you start playing other games to gain experience in doing it and doing things a little bit differently that you can enjoy doing other things. So all I'm saying is if you're feeling a little bit burnt out, always running the same things for the same character, well, try creating a new one. Do something different. Uh, See, that's the biggest problem I have. I'm burnt out on trying to level characters, and that's just because I have, like... I don't even have one for each faction because I'm not insane. <laughs> but, you know, I have like at least two for every faction and then a third for the Federation because of Agents of Yesterday. And after a while, you just look at it and you go, I'm sorry, I'm sick to death of leveling characters. Now, if someone's insane for having one for each faction, what is someone who has one for every species? Uh, d- uh, <laughs> Actually, don't answer that. <laughs> there's a there's an airlock right over there. Uh, would you like to step in at midnight? Here, that's fun. It's it, hey, look at it this way. When it opens up, everything will be fresh. It'll cure my allergy problems. <laughs> you won't have allergy problems no more. <laughs> exactly. But. As I said, there, for me, there's always something to do, whether it's gaining accolades or all sorts of things. And I can always find something to do. Um, and especially with the Endeavor system, it's a great way to go, go do this bit. So there have been times I've logged in and I knew I was short on time and it's just like, I could do that, but I really can't be bothered to do it today. I know I've got loads of other things that I really need to get sorted, so I've just signed back out. But but yeah, um, I'm still to get bored, but sort of, as always, each to their own. Um, some people like to do just brand new things, but for me, I've got like Metal Gear Solid still to play. I've got a load of other games for the PlayStation 3 that I still haven't played. 
If you play any of those games, if you play any of those games, you might not pick up Stowe for a while. Well, that's the thing. I start playing it, but then it's just like, oh, that's happening in Stowe. So I go back and then I forget about the other game again because I do just, I still just enjoy playing Stowe that much. I'd, <laughs> I have a question. You said you said uh, quite a while ago. What what uh what is what is the current status of the um the free to play experience on your works PS4 for Star Trek Online? I haven't played it in three months. There you go. Well, again, I've been so busy at work that half the time I haven't. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not, no, no, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not accusing yeah. you of anything. Just... I know, I know. But no, um, again, just I've been so busy that I've even taken, I've literally gone down to the staff room, eaten my lunch, and then headed straight back up to sort stuff out. Um, I've not taken a full lunch break because I've just wanted to get um, the project that I've been, I've been working on working. So... It was a matter of just trying to finish things off. So, hadn't got time to do it. I tried playing it this week, because even if it was just to get the calendar for Stowe console stuff. But, yeah, I'd got... Because nobody else had been playing right, anything right. that connects to the net, because most of the other people who play it, they play FIFA. Of course, it's installed. It doesn't have that many sort of updates to it. So no one had installed the system updates. And of course, Stowe tends to go out with an update every week as well. So I'd, And the Wi-Fi, well, we've still got to get that working properly because we've got 100 meg up and down for our internet. And yeah, literally the internet speed was like 3 meg down and like... 256k up and it's just like yeah we need to get that sorted ouch yeah anything is is because it's just for people to use at lunch hours it's not really a priority so it just keeps being forgotten about so it's just like yeah really gotta try and get that cabled up but just the next access point for the console we've got cable things over doors and things like that so Especially with work, it's got to be health and safety, so it's got to be pinned properly and everything else. So, yeah, um, I've got to help get organised getting a it as a wired connection instead of wireless because there's just too many things that are just interrupting the Wi-Fi signal. So it's just like to update the main system. Well, that took two lunch breaks on two days. Started downloading Stowe. Well, it was a six and a half gig patch. So <laughs> it's going estimated six hours to download. It's just like, ah. And then, of course, people go and play FIFA and then turn it off. So, of course, it didn't get all the way downloading. <laughs> so, <laughs> all this week I've spent patching it and. Oh, God. Because I had to go back. I still don't know whether it's actually completed yet. So, um, I had to ask Geese to actually get the calendar for us, but he hasn't been back online, so I still didn't get it at the end of the week. So it's just like, no. no. It's just like, oh. So, but yeah, it, as with everybody, it is just dependent on time and commitments and things like that. And as everybody knows, I do a lot of podcasting and 
the free time that I have had has actually been done doing that. I would love to play show and things like that, but yeah, I sort of enjoy talking about these other things as well equally as much. So yeah, I've been doing that instead. Regular says I'm a true stone worshipper. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. All hail the grey stone. Uh, wouldn't but, it? Wouldn't it be the 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 great bird of the galaxy, or something like that? <laughs> but uh, yeah, each to their own. Other people have that for other games. Um, as I said, for me, it's just Star Trek Online. I like the fact there is so many things to do i know some people they'll go in they only like playing the story missions they don't like doing the duty officers the admiralty they 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 just don't go into it but for me sort of i'm happy to go do that i can do that while i'll catch up on some of my tv stuff and then i'll sort of pause that while i play the missions to listen to the dialogue and stuff like that so but yeah, if you enjoy just playing a certain aspect of it and then you prefer going away to play another game and then you go do another one, fair enough. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. For me, just doing all the stuff for Star Trek Online and talking about it, doing the podcasts, that's enough for me. Um, but yeah, there may be one day I become burnt out with it, but who knows? Well, you say that's enough for you. That's literally everything you do all the time. <laughs> like, constantly. You do everything all the time, and it's all stow-related and podcasts and, and and not sleeping and stuff. And it's like, how do you even have the time to fit in training for a marathon at this point? I would keel over. <laughs> well... Some things sometimes have to give, and, well, as well we've discussed already in the show, it's been not just playing Star Trek Online, it's also been podcasting. I've had to cut back on a lot of the stuff. I haven't helped stream the GNT show. There's been several weekends where I haven't helped do any editing for Priority One, um, haven't done Tribbles. Um, so, yeah, haven't done my Babylon 5 podcast. Um yeah, there's just been an awful lot that I haven't done, so I can't always do it all. So things that guys, I enjoy... Guys, he just admitted it. Midnight just admitted even he has limits. He's I never... <laughs> I never said that I didn't have, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> but yeah, no, the, the one of the other interesting things to come out of the... Um... Uh, of of the, all the news is that we got uh, some new ships in a bundle. We got a new ship bundle. And when I looked at the ship bundle, I said, oh, this is Enterprise bait. And uh, there was actually a rather large discussion in our Facebook groups. Like, what do you mean by this is Enterprise bait? Every single one of those ships in that Flight Deck Cruiser bundle is from Enterprise at some point. Even the Orion ship is one of the uh, is is an Orion ship we saw in Enterprise. The um the Sulaban ship was a stealth ship we saw in an episode or two of Enterprise. And of course the 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 uh Tellarite ship is from the other Babel episode that was part of Enterprise. So 
yeah, this this bundle, my first thought was, oh, well, that's Enterprise bait. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this was the Allied Flight Deck Cruiser bundle. Yes. Um, we'll have links, of course, in our show notes to um, not only the blog about the ships, but to the stats themselves. So you can have a look at all the pictures to see if you want them. But yep, they're all early ship versions. Well, they, yeah. you know, they, they say that uh, we've taken these older designs of these ships and modernized them for like the new... Basically, they took a whole bunch of, of derelicts from us... Because, you know, there's this thing, there's this problem Star Trek Online has. That problem is they are constantly at war. Constantly. So it makes only sense that the um, shipyards that can't keep building new ships 24-7 all the time goes, hey, you know what? We have a ship graveyard. Let's pull out some of these old ships and um, modernize them. That would help, right? So that's what they did. So, um, so yeah, if you're interested in those ships, then, as I said, links will be in our show notes. Going back to season 14, we've mentioned the new fleet holding. Um, we have mentioned the Miracle Worker specialization. So um, it's all stuff to help with healing and support and stuff like that. So your abilities you can get is um, embolden, percussive maintenance, throw out the manual, fix them up, punch it, uh, push through, simplified plumbing, tough little ship. And then you've got Give Her All She's Got as well. So, um, so yep, there's a blog with full details um, with that in. Again, links will be in our show notes. Um, we mentioned the Sinkethi Red Alert. That's going to be a space mission. It's five-player Red Alert style, which is in the Alpha Quadrant. So the Sinkethi have found a new way to proto-matter bomb planets and it's up to you to stop them so this will be for levels 50 to 60 on all factions and the rewards will be dilithium r&d materials and when that will go live with season 14 emergence um we said there are two new um, missions um one is ground which is the drenor beach assault so this one, it's your 10-player cooperative ground defensive queue. So participating in it will give you a choice of fleet or Lakari marks. And the queue is available to all captains level 50 and above. Then the new space queue is the Dranur Gauntlet. So basically it's a joint Kantari-Lukari colony um, that's actually under attack. So as the enemy fleet moves in, you need to provide support. So basically you need to offer assistance. So it's another one where we've got LaForge and Kamaki involved. So there'll be no doubt voice over in those as well. So this is actually designed for level 60 players and it has normal, advanced and elite versions. And this is a five-player cross-faction queue as well. It'll, so, be, it'll be interesting to try them out, although I'm pretty sure the people on the forums are already screaming, Doom! 
<laughs> Polonius says beach and Dorian BBWs in swimsuits. <laughs> Just asking. <laughs> so um, Big blue women. So that's a very quick rundown of what we're planning to get in season 14. Now, season 14, the release date has actually been announced. Season 14 Emergent will launch on October 3rd, though we don't have too long to wait. It's just a couple of days away. So, well, not a couple of days. Um, so it's um, a week and a half. That's a couple of days away. <laughs> Like if it was if if it was over two or three weeks away, yeah, it would be two or three weeks away. This is actually really close. So, as we mentioned, got all those features coming out, and they'll also be releasing the next featured episode called Melting Pot. So um, we will also get that because next week we will get the week three's rewards, and basically the following week we'll actually get the next mission, which will have its own set of rewards coming as well. So, as well as Season 14, um, there was also a community blog regarding um, building ships that you've always wanted. There's a guide that's been made up, which is on Reddit. So, links will be in our show notes, but if you head over to reddit.com forward slash r forward slash builds forward slash wiki forward slash 10 forward that it'll probably be easy just to click a link so just head up to our website and it'll be in the show notes there so i haven't had a chance to have a proper look at it but it looked quite interesting about sorting out your builds we've also had z films who's um, created a 51st birthday video with star trek online um so that's to mark the anniversary of Star Trek. That's just come. We've also had multiple roleplay blogs since we are last on the air. Um, we've had A Warrior Reborn, Best Laid Plans, Brothers in Blood, and as of today, a new one called Baby Steps. The last one I haven't actually read. Um, I did finally get round to reading the other three about a week and a half ago. And what do you think? Um, I've enjoyed all the blogs. My mind has been so into work, I must admit, I can't remember what any of them were about. <laughs> Fair but, enough. But I did enjoy reading them. Um, what about you? One of them, one of them was uh, expounding upon the... I want to say it was expounding upon the... the um, one thing we haven't covered is the, the the last featured episode, and one of the things that I I conjectured would happen happened in that while you're playing the mission, Rodek, also known as Kern, the brother of Worf, is referred to by Martok as Kern, the brother of Worf, and Rodek's like, my name's Rodek. What? the hell is going on and as this goes on it just gets more and more to the point that okay look we know something's going on we're going to have to fix your we're going to have to get your memory fixed well i think the the one of the one of the blogs actually covers some of this in that um 
Martok is guaranteed not to challenge um, what's-his-name who's there right now for the seat again. So long as so long as Worf's house is reinstated for the second time, and that uh, basically the the great houses basically leave Martok the frig alone. So yeah, that's a that's a thing that happened. Yeah, I did enjoy that um, featured episode. So it's just like, hmm, I wonder if we'll hear anything. It's a shame that this is only in roleplay blog. I'm sure there'll be some sort of mention in it if we get Tony Todd back in. But uh, yeah, it it was good to see a sort of a resolution to that. And we might get Michael Dorn back in as well if there's sort of some sort of mission that has to do with the houses and things like that. It's nice to see yeah, that definitely. actually in a mission in-game. So... Um, so yeah, the links again in our show notes or head over to artgames.com and they're all on there. So, PC patch notes. Um, as you'd expect, there's been a lot of stuff released, so I'm just going to go through some of the highlighted stuff. Um, at the end of July, the QUI, um, some checkboxes were added for each category in Q for the PVE and PVE lists. Um... So they've improved a lot of the functionality around there, and there's also a selected tab. So um, there's also a type as well that you can um, filter with for all space or ground. So hopefully people should, um, you should actually sort of be able to use that a little bit easier now. Then in August, you'd got... um, some updates to some of the visuals for the Temporal Defense Initiative Regeneration Shield Array visuals. They now actually display proper rainbow reflections. Um, so now ship- you literally can have an all-rainbow boat if you want. Even your ship can be rainbow. They've also changed the weapons sold on the 20th, uh, 23rd century Earth space dock to be tradable and bind to account on equip and bind on pickup and can't sell. So, um, yeah, they've updated um, those ones, which is good. Um, The prototype Tantulus Field has a set bonus that now lasts for 10 seconds instead of 5 and has an improved description. The Isolytic Plasma Ground Weapons now have a 5% proc chance from a 2.5%. And the engineering captain power got renamed to miracle. Um, sorry, the engineering captain power miracle worker got renamed to miraculous repairs. Um, so that was the text change that I mentioned earlier on in the show. Um, then we've got um, transwarp to the um, events banner is on the overall tab of the journal. Updated R&D four-pack bundle descriptions to actually correctly state it also includes all previous promotional ships. Um, they've resolved issues with the temporary ally, the, sorry, the temporal ally starship trait from activating reliably. Um, subspace tiers generated from subspatial warheads trait 
will now reliably reach their target. Um, one of the funny things, of course, with the new content for um, Beyond the Nexus that got released, because um, um, I know that wasn't the funny bug, that was something else. That's thinking of, um, I'll get back to that. But yeah, the Beyond the Nexus featured episode was um, released, so while it's a featured episode, people can play it from levels 10, that will more than likely um, go up to level 50 or 60 once it's complete. Um, they've updated Kill Captains on Nakara Endeavor to count Tholian Captains in the Transdimensional Tactics queue. Um, they ended up think it was the day after the release yeah the day after um doing a few fixes funny bug Jordy was considered a commander not captain yep that was the one i thought was in that one but then i realized it was on the wrong day <laughs> i was just thinking well where's the thing um not only was Jordy's rank wrong, uh, Commander Tafai... Hi, Adrian! Commander Tafai's uniform changed constantly during the episode. I didn't notice that. Usually I pick up on those things, but I must admit I hadn't. But as I said earlier, I had actually rushed through playing that um, mission because I had to get a load of stuff done. So, um, Oh, yeah. you rushed Did- through the mission, but you found a friggin' bathroom. When I went inside, I had a look round. That was about the only thing I spent some proper time doing. Was just, I'm, I'm ragging on you. Uh, I know, I, I know. But yeah, it, it's like most of these things. If you're in a rush, there's a load of stuff you want to do. You'll, you'll do what you can. Test all the doors. Test all the yeah. doors. Yeah. Um, there's a, one of the one of the missions on um, one of the, uh, the Davidian missions on K7 is. Uh, Hey, you need to go and um, you need to go aboard this ship. I think it is, and uh, get. I don't know. Is it? Th- is it that one? I don't know. At some point during one of those K seven missions, there's a temporal operative in a turbo lift, and it's like, oops. Um, hi. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah, open all the doors. Open all the doors. Um, on the fifteenth of September. They um, actually resolved an issue. Um, so the new interior, it wasn't supposed to have been released until the pack came out. But what they'd accidentally done was released um, the new bridge pack as the default interior for Galaxy Class Starships. Oh my god! <laughs> so for like a couple of days, people actually had the, the default Galaxy Bridge. Yeah. So did, I did, thought, they, did they did they get it forcibly removed or or did they still have access to it? The resolving the issue meant that it went back to um, the origin bridge that they had. Ah, okay, so they didn't have access to the galaxy interior. <laughs> so, so yeah, some lucky people got to have a look around early. Now, um, since then we've had a patch this week, so that resolved some. Just general issues. Um, they also, on the featured episode, had Geordie LaForge, who will now regenerate his shields after a short time. Okay, so so since the beginning of this new episode, it's been a hassle to kind of keep LaForge alive. 
although he can't, like, go down, he can reach zero health and stay there. Because he doesn't regen health or shields. Uh, he didn't regen health or shields as you were doing the mission. And now they fixed all this. So, um... So yeah, and yeah, they've resolved some issues with um, dual heavy cannons that suffer extensive accuracy rating penalty under Cannon Scatter Volley 3, and resolved an issue that prevented EPS corruption from being activated when Cloak was disabled. Now, that's basically a quick rundown of all the patch notes for August and so far in September. Um, as we mentioned earlier on, the Galaxy Class interior is now on sale for 2,000 Zen in the Sea Store. So, um, yeah, go grab that if you're as interested as I am in having it. Um, the Infinity Lockbox has had all the Privateer Lockbox items added to it. So, the... It's running for a short time, September 21st to October 3rd. So then we'll get the new lockbox for season 14. So during um, the time of September 21st, October 3rd, enemies defeated on both ground and space maps will have a small chance of dropping one of these prize-filled packages while the sonar lockbox will be retired. Along with all the prizes... Um, the following is basically being added. So you've got the Miradorn Raider. You've got the Universal Console Defensive Drone Cloud. You've got Star Trait, Starship Traits Packs, Punch It, Pilford Power, and Parting Gift. Neric Resequencer Personal Trait Packs for Ground. You've got Spring in My Step, Privateer's Luck, and Rogue's Charm. And for Space, You've got Fulcrum Shift, Cylindrical Power Capacitors, Smuggler's Luck. Universal Kit Modules, you've got Holographic Deceiver, Specialized Subspace Inverter, and Echo Papa 607 Drone System. Okay, that drone is so amazing. That drone is so amazing. I have only ever had it come back as a, a Mark II once. Because they can't seem to kill the thing. The only time I have had it come back as a Mark II was fighting the big general uh, Zenkethi guy on top of the thing in the Sonar mission. Where you, where you essentially, well, where, where Martok essentially like Sparta's him down the, the elevator shaft. <laughs> so, um, I think I've missed one. Yep, the, the Kreeja? Krieger. Right? Krieger. Krieger. Um, Krieger way, wait. that was the episode where uh, Riker was accused of murder of the scientist on the station that blew up. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you've got the, the Wave Disruptor ground and space weapons pack as well that's been added. So, yeah, that's a rundown of everything there. As I uh, also said earlier, I haven't had a chance to get all the console calendar events. Um, you will be getting season 14 um, in a little while, but I will hopefully have some proper console news for you next week and give you a proper update. So, um, yeah, I just said, ran out of time to 
properly sort that out for you all. So for any console listeners, sorry I haven't had a chance to get that done. Okay, um, just quickly trying to find a link. Just bear with me. Um, we have actually had um, Timberwolf um, do a new video. Um, basically, he's showing off the new winter event pent that accidentally got added. Um, so that's based off Krampus and the old, and sorry, the new Kobayashi Maru event weekend console he's showing wait, off. Wait, 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 Krampus? We get to eat children? Sweet! <laughs> I'm just reading what he put in our chat. So we'll have the link to his video on all of that in our show notes. So, um, so yeah, go and take a look at his YouTube channel. Okay. Well, that's it for Star Trek Online. Son, is there anything you wish to add regarding Star Trek Online? Uh, I don't know. Well, okay. What what do you, what do you guys think of the the Jordy LaForge episode in Stowe? That would be part of that would be community question number two. And uh, what do you think of the um, the the new Alliance bundle that's been added? The Flight Deck Cruiser bundle added. Do you think it's Enterprise bait? Am I wrong? Let me know. And also let us know what you think of all the features announced for Star Trek Online Season 14 as well. Oh my god, I haven't done this in so long. <laughs> guys, guys, I have to read! So, um, Polonius says a winter event already. Um, yes, um, it's not something that was actually properly released. Um, what happened is the pet for the winter event was accidentally released to Tribble. So when Timberwolf was actually doing his testing, he got to have a look. So, um, yeah, if you'd like to have a look at his video, um, you can see that there. Okay, Krampus, then. it's going to go around eating all the... It's going to go around eating all the gingerbread people and the <laughs> Snowconian pet. They're naughty, naughty things. So, I mean, what do you what do you expect? This is gingerbread building an entire colony on snowman sacred ground. I have no sympathy for those snowmen whatsoever anymore. Let the Borg assimilate them. <laughs> okay, well, let's head into some community feedback. Community feedback. Join with us. Share your thoughts. Resistance. It's futile. So, because being busy, the last episode we did, I only posted in some of our channels. Um, usually I post it in lots of groups on Facebook and lots of other places. That, yeah, didn't get time to. And didn't even get a chance to create a post on the Star Trek Online forums for quite a while. But our listeners... But our loyal to... listeners, loyal as always, sent in emails to us responding. So, yep, yeah, because they couldn't put it on the Star Trek Online forums, they sent an email. So, um, yes. Yeah, so, our first community question from like months ago What do you think of the new Star Trek Discovery trailer? Alex Wunger responded by email and said, My opinion has not changed. I, I'm, I'm still not sure what they are trying to do with Discovery. There are a lot of things that scream reboot to me. They turn around and keep preaching the whole prequel thing. I mean, Midnight likes to point out how 
how a dated-looking series wouldn't sell. Like I said so many times before, I get it. I would have gone for some other era of Trek to avoid this issue. If it had to be a prequel, do something between Toss and TNG. I mean, we know nothing about Rachel Garrett. Hint, hint. While you gush about the stylish uniforms and the new force fields, you seem to conveniently forget about the, by today's standards no less, dated flip phone communicators. And have you seen the pictures they released showing the phases and tricorders? Or take the Shinzao and compare it to the admittedly limited footage we have of the Discovery? And to squash any potential misunderstandings, I will not judge it before I see it, but so far, and only based on the visuals, this seems rather confusing to me. Like a requel. Okay, I just found a new cough medicine for you, Midnight. <laughs> or maybe a pre-boot. I like that better. I like that better, Alex. I just hope the writers and actors, who happen to be very talented people, get the freedom to do their jobs. I don't necessarily disagree. What do you think, Midnight? Um, I like what they've done with things like the phasers and the flip foam. And the thing is, flip foams in some ways are actually making a comeback. Um, I think Samsung are actually creating a material where you can actually fold your phone. So whether or not you can flip that or it just unfolds, we're not too sure. So things like that are sort of coming back as well. Um, so, yeah, there's still a lot of people that like flip phones. Um, regarding the phasers, I like the fact that the phaser is sort of a merge between what you saw in the cage and what you saw later in TOS. It, sort of, it does sort of bring that together. But sort of, as I've mentioned before, with things like even HD, but especially 4K, you see so much detail that props have to have a lot more detail in it. So things will change, but I don't see it as a problem. You saw so much reused and change in just the series themselves that, yeah, even in what people say is canon and base their arguments on that's not canon, well, yeah, you get so much stuff that's already changed and rewritten in so many episodes and films from one to the other. Like, it's not a problem. You just need to look at Warp Drive, the way that changes throughout all the TV series and the films. We're going it's to go to Warp 14 in Toss, except that <laughs> Warp 14 was actually Warp what seven eight and that warp seven or eight that they got all the way to the center of the universe in like a couple of days <laughs> or the center of the galaxy in a couple of days mm. or, or that you could warp around the sun because it wasn't in a straight line yeah to me the fact that things change i don't see the big deal you've seen so many things change within star trek on its own with what we've seen over the last 50 years, props having more detail and being slightly different, not a huge thing. At the end of the day, it's going to be the storytelling, which sort of, that's going to be the important thing. The fact that all this stuff looks nicer 
that's just a bonus and it's a way to hook other people in who like the flashy stuff sort of star wars style sort of action sort of thing and it brings those people into it as well so yeah not a huge thing but yeah it's a cast of very talented people and from what i can tell they've actually got a lot more freedom to do the jobs than what other trek stars have said if you go to conventions and any of the trek stars will say basically you didn't ever ad lib in star trek you had to write you had to read out what was on the page otherwise you had to wait they had to go phone the um writer up and check this and then it had to go through this person and this person before it could be used well that's Uh, not true john delancey ad libbed a whole bunch of q and they went okay let's go with that (laughs) yeah but that was the exception um it wasn't something that was done often especially the regular cast literally you i've heard a lot of them actually say in talks and that basically they read what was on the page ah no matter how bad it was yeah now we know from um the guy who plays the captain in every um John Isaac, um, not John Isaacs. Um, what's his name? Um, I don't know. I, I'm terrible with the names. I can picture his face, but I can't tell you his name. Um, come to me in a moment. The only reason I remember Sonequa Martin-Green is I picture an SMG in her hands. <laughs> um, Jason. How is it? Couldn't remember his name. But yeah, Jason Isaac. Um, there's a whole news report that we covered a while ago about him saying something like, oh, for God's sake, and he wasn't allowed to use it. Now, they'd obviously got the writer, um, Kirsten Beyer, on standby, and she said, you can't say that. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, it wasn't, of course, the message they're trying to get across in that particular scene, um, she didn't want that used. Basically, even using the word fuck would have been more acceptable than using God at that particular scene. Well, that's Captain- because you're, you're talking about a culture that if they're sticking to, if they're, st- <laughs> I hate, I hate that I'm bringing this up, but if you stick to the biblical canon of what, of what, um, of what Roddenberry wanted, there is no religion in the Federation. No. Um, but well, there is, it's just not, People are more science orientated. Um, it even McCoy used the word God, so it has yeah. been in Trek. But I think, given the circumstances and the message they're trying to do for the thing, God just didn't fit into what they were ex- wanted at that particular point. But just the fact that he was able to ad lib, and there is no reports of not being able to do that seems to me like they have an awful lot more freedom when it comes to Star Trek Discovery than what how things worked back in sort of TNG DS9 era. Um, I haven't heard anyone say about ad-libbing when it came to TOS, although we do actually know 
when it came to the first interracial kiss that we had um, William Shatner who deliberately kept screwing up that scene so they had to use the big kiss um, that they that he did the first time because um, it made the rest of them just unusable so but I'm sure as some of them attend conventions we'll learn more about what freedoms they actually had fair enough so uh, Chozo Elder Second responded via email and uh, said, I still feel the same as I did when I saw the first trailer. I still think they went overboard with the art direction, and I would have preferred if they'd pulled a semi-rogue one. I realize it's easier for Star Wars to pull it off, since it was much larger than, uh, than Toss, and overall looks less 60s. But they could have at least tried to do the smallest of compromise. Everything fed in this show practically looks like it fits in perfectly with Stowe's era. Nevertheless, seeing a TV, uh, Star Trek TV show with a high budget is such a good feeling. I'll probably get over this continuity thing by the time it comes out, because what Midnight said was spot on. It's the writing that matters. Eagerly awaiting on Cryptic bringing out Discovery content. It's already out. <laughs> so our third community question because nobody responded to going to STLV because nobody's got that kind of money in this economy uh, what do you think of Star Trek Online season 13.5 Alex Wunger responded and said um, I'm chipping away at the Ferengi Admiralty campaign still no announcements about additions or changes to the Latinum store so shrug uh, the episode, you, you'll find my review later down in the email. Endeavor System, I did two or three, but I won't go out of my way to participate in it. If it's something I want to do anyway, sure. Apart from that, I just can't be bothered. Chozo Elder responded and said, The Ferengi Admiralty is a little pointless, but I guess it's there. I stated my opinions on the announcement thread. It awards nearly the same amount of dilithium as the KDF one. On the 10th tour, the GPL is pointless until they add new things to the GPL store or let us convert it into another currency. I already have over 600,000 GPL on my main, so I'd imagine new things will cost an absurd amount and a hypothetical conversion would be astronomical. The new episode was fantastic, except when Martok told us to stop with what happened to the Jem'Hadar. Well, what happened with the Jem'Hadar is basically he's Martok's a warrior. He's wants the Jem'Hadar wants to basically have his victory. So as a warrior, he's going to allow that because it's not the sort of thing. A Klingon would do if it's someone's basically claiming that kill he's not going to take that away from him well uh, this is one of those things where you have to go back to that RP blog that discusses specifically this where the, the Jem'Hadar himself is having a conversation with another imprisoned Klingon and mm. he's telling him he's telling that Klingon his backstory and all that kind of stuff and Essentially, he would have probably told Martok the exact same story, and it's a, it's a, by all that is within this, that is left within this Jem'Hadar, he wants to, he is still a warrior at heart, and 
Martok, Martok as an actual honorable Klingon wholly respects that. And when you get to the when you get to the top of the little lift, and the big Zenkethi dude comes out, yeah, the Jim Hadar is probably going to take out his aggression on the main bad guy, the guy who is who is probably he's probably seen the most of in the prison. Period. Because one, the Jim Hadar were the Jim Hadar were were working together with the Sona and and uh, Torg to do these experiments on him. So he sees not only Torg as a bad guy. He sees these. He sees the Zinkethi as like the ultimate evil because they were fiddling with him in the first place or they had ordered the fiddling with him in the first place. So, yeah, no, he's going to see this guy as as the thing that has to die and he's going to want kill rights on it. So, he's going to go after it and Martok is going to stop you because he wants he wants the Jim Hadar to settle that honor because that's the Klingon thing to do. And when the Jim Hadar is killed, Martok does the Klingon thing, even though the Jim Hadar may not believe in Stovacor or anything like that. Martok is going to scream like any Klingon would that a warrior is on its way to wherever Jim Hadar go when they die. But you also hear about how they've been there for quite a while as well. So they've got to know each other. Or it's not like they have anything else they can just go and do. Yeah, no, that's that's you know that's that's what I mean. Martok has been with with this Jim Hadar for like years now, and with all of that happening and have hap and and have happened, they have built this bond of understanding where Martok knows this dude is still a warrior and is. You know, even though even though the Dominion War is over, this dude is is a warrior who has been wronged, just like Martok has. He's kind of gonna allow the Jim Hadar, the you know the what it, what is it the, the Klingons do the right of the right of revenge or the right of vengeance or something? Yeah, he's going to wholly allow the Jim Hadar to do that. Like, if we were there with Worf, Worf would have probably done the same thing. Nope, nope, stop. Nope, he has this right. Let him let him claim vengeance. Yeah, because win or lose, of either he dies an honourable death, or he's victorious. Or he, or he claims vengeance on those who wronged him. Yeah, I, I understand the... I, uh, I understand that point. Anyway, as for the Endeavor system, it's doing what it was intended to do. Get me to participate more. Unless there's an event, most days I tend to just log in, do Admiralty, and log out, simply because I don't have the time. The system encourages me to do something else on days where I can't play as much. Fair enough. Our fourth community question was... Oops, I hit the wrong button! (laughs) Fourth community question was, are you playing or thinking of playing the Star Trek timelines on Steam? I hate when I hit accidentally hit the page up button and it jumps up three or four pages and I have to scroll back down. Yeah. <laughs> so Chozo Elder responded and said, I use Steam and still don't plan on playing it. 
down to its core gameplay, uh, it's still a mobile game, which is a genre I detest. The battles are bare-bones interactive, and the rest is a bunch of clicking through menus and UI. Even as, uh, even as life gets busier and leaves less and less time for gaming, I still enjoy games that are more involved and hands-on. I mean, come on, you could make that, arg- you could make that exact argument about Stowe, honestly. Yeah. It's a bunch of clicking through menus and UIs. But it's still not wrong. Um, as I've said before, sometimes I wonder why I do keep playing timelines, but it's just addictive. I want to go collect it. But it's a bit like any card collection thing. There's no reason that you really should or need to do it, but you still do. <laughs> well, there's there's also the um it's not the it's not the a, a addictive personality type. That's 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 a different thing. And people who prey upon that are the lowest of scum when it comes to gaming. But there are like the clicker games that exist. Yeah, some of those are really scammy, crappy games. But those games still fill a niche for people with certain social disabilities. Like, um, I, I can't remember the name of it, but there's like a, a high-functioning form of autism where you have to repetitive task to to distress yourself. And having games that do that will do that in a socially acceptable manner instead of playing with a fidget spinner or the fidget cube thing and annoy the other people who are hearing click, 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 click. No, no, now they just hear tap, 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 tap. And you go, what are you doing? I'm playing a game. Cool. All right. It's more socially acceptable to play a mobile game that satisfies those, those, you know, specialized ticks than some of the other products that are available because those other products can annoy other people quite drastically. Yeah, fidget spinners and that, they're designed to help calm people down who suffer from anxiety and other neurological disorders like ADHD and autism. Right. And, and you, you know, and a lot of it is, and a lot of the hate that comes from the fidget spinner thing is wholly undeserved. Because you have you have to be able as a person who who is in any sort of any sort of position of being with children, you have to understand the difference between somebody sitting there with a thing on their desk and just fiddling with it. You know, just fiddling with it to fiddle with it. And someone who is sitting there doing work and they have the thing in their hand and they're using it in their hand, and they they aren't causing a distraction. They aren't over excessively making noise with it. They're just using it there to to have a tactile sensation while they work. Only thing is, is most of these fidget spinners they do make noise, and especially uh, yeah, with no, someone who has headaches, they drive me nuts. Yeah, unfortunately, my son came home going, "Look what I got!" It's just like, oh. Great. <laughs> and it's, uh, a lot of it's because it's metal on metal ball bearings and 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 washers and stuff. Yeah, it's just. But like... you know, people have been doing this, and, and I, you know, I, I want to, I want to, want to kind of throw that portion back 
even further. Before fidget spinners existed, this tactile satisfaction thing has existed for years. People who chew on pencils, people who do nothing but click the little thing on their pen constantly. This has existed, and people just—they, I don't know. The fidget spinner comes out, and suddenly everybody's all up in arms about this thing that suddenly exists in the social sphere. It's existed. People just chewed their pencil till they needed a new pencil, or they sat there and clicked a pen until somebody went, "Shut up!" But you know, when when it when it comes to games that that do that like like a clicky game that's exactly it's more socially acceptable to sit there and click a little clicky game that does nothing but you click the little clicky game than it is to sit there constantly fiddling with a fidget spinner or constantly clicking a pen or something my isn't it weird how the world works <laughs> yeah no to, you were you were also right midnight eat eat you know nobody's fun is wrong nobody yeah nobody's fun is wrong so, yeah. I'm sorry I went off on that rant. I went really cool. It's, it been, rant. it's been how many months? <laughs> Come on. At least it wasn't like a 50-minute rant about something in still, right? <laughs> uh, that'll probably be next week. <laughs> Not sure. Still have a week and a half left till the new season, right? So, general feedback. Alex Wonder responded... With the rest of his everything. Uh, Shield of Tomorrow cross promotion. Okay, I heard about the show before, but hadn't looked into what it is. Sound like it's a Star Trek version of Critical Role, but instead of voice actors, you got Geek and Sundry staff instead. I think I'm going to check it out, but I admit I'm surprised the people at Perfect World Marketing actually did their jobs for once. Well, it's not that they it's not that they actually did their jobs for once. It's that they did their jobs and nothing crashed and burned. Stowe at STLV. Big announcement, huh? I think I'm going to take that one with a mountain of salt. Featured episode, Brush Fire. Okay, I'll try to rush this one through. So the, according to the promo material, legendary General Rodek is supposed is supposed to lead our attempt to infiltrate Torg's prison, but not a single one of Torg's guards recognizes him. I guess he just isn't legendary after all, shrug. Seriously, Torg tried to take down the house of Martok. Shouldn't there be someone in the remains of his house who might recognize an ally of Martok? That might have been an interesting twist, but attention to detail, I, I guess. Well, 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 I no, think he's forgetting no, Rodek, that Rodek was part of a different house, not part of Martok. When when yeah. that whole when that whole thing was when 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 uh, Kern's memory was erased, he was also given a new face and a new house. So, yeah, because he's given new cranial ridges. So yeah, he would look different to anyone who didn't know who he was. Yeah, and I'm actually kind of surprised that Martok wholly knew about it, because it means that Worf had to have confided in Martok at one point about Rodek. Which means Martok, in his legendary age, decided to go, Oh, hi, Rodek. Who is... Or, or, hi, hi, uh, hi, Kern. Who is Kern? I am Rodek. Oh, um... Uh, oops. Well, the thing is, I suppose with Martok, he had a close relationship with 
him and he also knew his brother. So it might be, although he'd got cranial ridges because he knew them more personally, it was more, and as you said, it could be he had been confided in as well because right. they were part of his house because it wasn't just Wharf that was part of his house. His brother was as well. Right. So, yeah, the, the fact that his cranial ridges were different, I could still see that it was just like, oh, I recognize you. You there, are. There, there, is a, there is a little bit of there is a little bit of give and take there with that storyline, because even in canon, all of those lines just don't line up the right way. It's it's a weird connect the dots thing that that sometimes sometimes you draw a bowl of fruit and sometimes you draw a giant dick. It's just it's just one of those things that happens. Oh, the whole walking a line and having your hands cuffed behind your back is nice. Great attention to detail and immersion. Unfortunately, the team immediately loses those points because they just reused the Tholian prison uniforms from Temporal Ambassador. Would it have been too difficult to replace that symbol with a Sona or maybe even a Klingon one? I mean, some character artists clearly had the time to do cosplayer hairstyle. I, I, I don't disagree. <laughs> On my first playthrough, I ran into a bug where Rodic would just take a turn to the left and leave me no option but to beam out and replay that part in the hopes his AI would reset. Yes, I know that AI pathfinding is rather challenging to implement, but would it really kill them to make it more robust by, I don't know, giving us some buttons to reset NPCs that have gone astray? That kind of nonsense happens all the time with bridge officers and quest NPCs, and to be rather important parts of the ground gameplay experience. We break Martok out of his prison and he immediately spills the beans on Rodek Kern. Okay. Seems to be in character for J.G. Herzler, winky face. We then proceed to break his gym. <laughs> okay, for, for those of you who are wondering what that is in reference to, J.G. Herzler <laughs> gave an interview where he basically spilled the beans that he was going to be in show. So that's what that's in reference to. When we proceed to break his gym and our friend out of his cell, oh wow, something that happened in an RP blog made it into the game. Kudos to the story team. Wait, why are we leaving those other prisoners behind? They might be useful. Klingons and Romulans might just use them as cannon fodder. And we and we kill the female Klingon guard who just flirted with Rodek. By the way, hello and goodbye, Klingon Tanay. I noticed that too. I didn't. We didn't. We didn't kill. We didn't get to kill Admiral Tanay once in this mission. We get to kill her twice because she's also one of the one of the ladies on the Sona ship. Oh, there's another female Klingon who sounds exactly the same. Attention to detail. Immersion. I'm not going to say that last sentence. Remember a few shows ago when Dog posted an interview with uh, Lanny Manella and she showed off some of her vocal range? Yeah, Cryptic makes it seem like she can only do a single voice. Sure, sometimes she uses a slightly more posh accent or goes for a, mo th a more throaty approach as a Klingon, but this Hello Tanae thing got ridiculous a long time ago. Anyway, we we get to some sort of power junction and blow up, blow it up, and release all the prisoners. Oh, 
Why didn't you mention that five minutes ago when we were face to face with some of them? Now we're on the roof of the gym and the gym gets him killed, gets himself killed. And Marta just, oh, no, yawn, my dear yawn, friend or something, yawn, died, shrug. Tony Todd is kind of so delightfully chewing the scenery, but JG is just so quiet. Martok was never quite as boisterous and loud as most other Klingons, but remember the scene in DS9 where Nog threatened to arrest him? Some of his almost whispered growls in that scene were louder and more threatening than anything he said in this entire episode. Did Torg just drug him out of his mind? I, I don't doubt he did. The dead Jemadar. Well, Cryptic introduces us to this character and immediately kills him off. Was I supposed to feel bad about it? I don't know. About How about you develop a character and give us some time and an opportunity to get to know, maybe even like them, before you kill them off? This reminds me of that Klingon in the Iconian War. What was his name? One whose only recognizable traits is that he liked explosives way too much. Come on, story team, you should be able to do better. What would it take to make you actually use your potential? Anyway, we beam up and uh, the Martok-Torg fight is a bit silly and over the top, but fine. I'll let you have that one. Oh, hello, female Sona Tanay at desk. And hello, Lady Sorella Tanay. But hey, she sounds a little less throaty than the first two female Klingons. I'm not saying that line. Oh, when I say I'm not saying that line or that sentence, there is a there is a sentence that is used in this email that I will not repeat. So that's just me. I would call it a bad episode because it had potential, but I'm so sick and tired of Cryptic just failing to get Lani Manella to use her vocal range. And since we're still within the life cycle of Expansion 3, I will keep using their buzzwords, immersion and attention to detail against them every step of the way. I still never notice it's the same person. Well, this is what happens when you're an audiophile like me. And I don't mean like an audio file. I am a wave file or something. I mean, hear things. I, on a base level, I can connect them to other things. It's weird. Yeah, and there are other people out there who do the same. Um, so, as we can tell from um, Alex, he's one of those people. So, um, but yeah, I think for the casual player. They probably don't notice either. It's not something that I see that often in the forums. I know there's a couple of people that have picked up on it, but not a huge amount. Wow, we got we got general feedback from Chozo Elder Second in his email. We're, we're rolling into hour four. <laughs> so Chozo Elder also responded with general feedback. Don't know what Geese was on about when he talked about not needing R&D materials. I understand if he's talking about common white-quality mats, but I'm constantly running out of rubidium, radiogenic particles, and other blue or higher-quality mats. These mats tend to dry up rather quickly when making upgrades, and many items in bulk. So any chance to get more R&D mats for free is a plus for me, since I never buy mats with DC. Remember that you need the mats if you want to make components, which are needed to make upgrades. I mean, you could bypass the need for mats by buying the components or the upgrades and gear items directly off the exchange. 
but your EC wallet will eventually take a serious beating. Stuff starts getting really expensive in bulk. I'd know since I've made tons of EC from selling upgrades. Also, the amount of items that need upgrading never ends for me, so I don't know how it's possible, but congrats to those that are somehow done with it. Um, I have, I have, well, we both, you and me both, Midnight, we both have a friend on the GNT show who, um, we both kind of envy for his never-ending supply of crafting materials. <laughs> so... Before yeah. the new crafting system came into the game, the old system was go to Memory Alpha and or take your take your R and D materials and go to Memory Alpha and do crafting. Well, Mike from the GNT show was one of those people who stockpiled crafting materials like nobody's business in the old system, and when the new system came in and basically converted everything. I kid you not. I absolutely kid you not. Day one of the conversion, he is telling everybody on his friends list, look, I can't do anything. But why can't you do anything? Because my R&D &D tab is completely full of converted materials. It is so bad, it's in my normal inventory. I can't take anything, I can't sell anything. All of my inventory slots are full with R&D materials. Yeah, this I went had on this, for a good while for him. I had the same issue with one of my characters. I had to shift a load of stuff over to another. Only thing is, is even though I filled mine up, um, and again, it was only just, he could do that several times over he had got so much stuff it's just like yeah i didn't have that much <laughs> yeah i can understand having someone who goes i don't need hard d materials because mike from the gnt show still doesn't need hard d materials <laughs> uh giveaway shout out to mike fottom ambassador kale for sending me my prize ship the mar that marks off all my prizes. Thank you, Cryptic and Tribbles. You made this man of Stowe and Tribbles quite happy. Well, we're glad you finally got your ship. Yay! We were worried. <laughs> STLV announcements. Good God, am I excited. Everything has been timed so nicely for me. I watched Enterprise for the first, uh, Enterprise for the first time, and a Tier 6 NX gets announced. I finished Toss and the motion picture films, and the Connie refit model revamp gets announced. I get halfway through TNG, and this happens. A feature episode with LeVar Burton, a galaxy-class interior, free scant uniforms, the Type 7 shuttles for everyone. My heart can only take so much. For those of you who don't know, TNG was my first introduction to Trek. My main has used the Next Generation title ever since it came out for the 25th anniversary five years ago. So you can imagine, this announcement had me like, and he posted a GIF in, the, in his email. I'm sorry, I have to find out what this GIF is. <laughs> okay, it's a GIF from Arrested Development. I'm going to share this with the, uh, the Twitch chat. <laughs> and there, now it's in our show notes. So, uh, uh, kind of wish they had at least half the cast join, especially after the data tease from Survivor. 
but I'm still giddy for even a single new actor joining. As for the galaxy interior, I know it's not much to most people, but I have been waiting for this since the Voyager one came out from Delta Rising three years ago. It means a lot to me that the environment artists did this. I'll obviously, uh, I'll obviously be sold, to, or it'll obviously be sold to us. It's only a question of how. I do have some worries concerning the interior, though. Let me explain. The Intrepid and Voyager interior is exclusive to the Intrepid pack, which includes Tier 4, Tier 5, Tier 6 Intrepids, plus the interior. Someone correct me if I am wrong, but someone informed me that if anyone ended up buying only only buying the Tier 6 Intrepid, you are locked out from ever buying the Intrepid pack. Seeing as how the interior is exclusive to this pack, you are also locked out from ever being able to buy the Voyager interior. I never knew this. What the actual heck, PWE? Um, um, I think you can still get it through the Bridge Packs tab. So if you've already bought the ship, you can't get the pack, but you can get the bridge from within the... So if you go to ships, there's a tab for your bridges. If you go there, you should be able to purchase it. I'm not entirely sure, but I think there is also a second bundle. But I'm not sure if it's the Tier 6 and the Voyager interior, or if it's another one and the Voyager interior. But it would make more six if it was the Tier 6 and the Voyager interior. But yeah, no, that's that's that is a big problem with the that is a big problem with the Voyager interior, is that it only shows up in these packs, unless which 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 is what you're talking about, Midnight, unless they bring it out for a special sale that includes the the because they ran it they ran it again they ran a special sale for the in the Voyager interior. Because so many people were complaining that these two things were the only way to get it. And some people had invested immediately in the Tier 6 Intrepid without knowing that there was a Voyager interior coming. So, yeah, that stung a whole lot of people. As someone who already owns a Galaxy Bundle, Tier 4, Tier 5, Tier 5 Dreadnought, I'm concerned that I can easily see them making a brand new and updated Galaxy Bundle, which includes the previously ships and adds the T6 Galaxy, T6 Galaxy X, and the new interior. But where would that leave players like me? You see, I own every Galaxy variant in the game except the Yamato, Tier 6 Galaxy X. Assuming they follow the intre- what the Intrepid pack does, does that mean I'm not allowed to purchase this hypothetical pack? Does it mean I have to pay something like a whopping 7.5k Zen and I would really only be getting one single ship and the interior? It wouldn't be worth it anymore if I had to pay that much. Nope, you just have to pay 20 bucks. 20 bucks by itself, thankfully. Or, or unfortunately, as, as whatever the case may be for you. Maybe the interior will be free to those who already own the current Galaxy Bundle. I guarantee you it won't. I'm crossing my fingers that they just let us buy the interior separately this time. Well, consider your fingers uncrossed and your prayers answered. And of course, all this feedback was from at least a month ago. So. Of course. <laughs> well, thank you both. Elder and Alex Wonder for your feedback. We always like to hear what others say. Um, we also had feedback in chat regarding stuff that's been going on today. Um, 
had, whereas Lakesi, he goes, starting with the next episode, which I'm assuming is the next Tribbles episode, I shall start a personal timelines tradition of starting a voyage at the beginning of the show and letting it run until the show ends to see how far it gets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I kind of did that. Well, we were in the middle of talking about timelines, right? And I started Voyages as you were explaining what it was. And I'm, I don't know how long I've been sitting at this, but I'm at a dilemma right now. <laughs> so I've reached the two hour cap for a dilemma. Um, yeah, I hit my dilemma a little while ago because my Voyage has been going on for two hours and 36 minutes. So, um, yeah, mine's been going for a while now. But yeah, I've got 61 chronotons, a load of other gear. I've got 30 honor. I've got one green member of staff. Some, yeah, 8,000 plus credits. So yeah, got a nice little thing. And I've still got 2,363 antimatter left. Hey, I got instant row. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, I got first Marj Haron. There, I shall space him as soon as I collect him. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, that's all the feedback we've got for this time. So, if you ever want to get in contact with us, um, we will go through all the avenues you can do shortly. So, a recap on the questions first. Um, First of all, what do you think of the features announced for Star Trek Online Season 14? What do you think of Beyond the Nexus, the featured episode that we've currently got? And the ship bundle with the flight deck ships. Um, Do you think that was all Enterprise bait? Then for Star Trek Timelines... What are your thoughts on version 3? And for Star Trek Discovery, let us know what you think. Of course, if I manage to get this out tomorrow or Sunday, um, it will be released beforehand. So, yeah, please watch it and then get back to us. So, looking forward to hearing all your thoughts. Uh, Please, please let this come out before Sunday. Or by Sunday. That's the plan. Well, it's not even for Discovery. Mostly for the people over at Trek Radio who are tired of listening to the same last episode for over a month. (laughs) No, it will... It will be out by Monday latest, but no. If all goes well, I'll have this out um, for... Well, I was going to say tomorrow, but technically today for me, because it's already Saturday. Hooray! An early, an early out episode. That'll be the first in a very long time. Of course, it's going to be the first in a very long time because we haven't done an episode in a very long time. That's true too. <laughs> but yeah, as I've not got a load of work to do this weekend, um, I should get the editing done pretty quickly. I'm hoping. Yeah. Okay. So, if you would like to let us know what you think. You can send us a message via Twitter. We're at Tribbles in XTC. You can also get us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tribbles in XTC. And you can search for us at Google Plus. 
You can also find us on the Star Trek social media site, StarTrekRiser.com. You can get hold of us at StarTrekRiser.com forward slash pages forward slash tribbles and XTC. You can also get hold of us at player.me at player.me forward slash tribbles in XTC. You can send us an email. Send it to hosts at tribblesandxtc.com or you can even leave us a voicemail message. You can either do that by using the widgets on our website. So go to any of the Polysuite Media Tribbles pages and there'll be a widget on the side of the page. Or you can go to speakpipe.com forward slash tribbles in XTC. To listen to the show, you can get us in syndication on trekradio.net and subspace-radio.net every Wednesday. You can also get us through iTunes and Google Play. And you'll also be able to find the video of this recording live on facebook.com, on YouTube, on the Tribbles and XC channel, and of course, for a little while on Twitch, on the Holosuite Media channel, which is twitch.tv forward slash Holosuite Media. So, lots of ways to get in contact. Um, as we said, we, one of the reasons we haven't been around for a while is because of staff availability due to work, personal matters, and health. So, I am looking for anyone else who may be wanting to join us to help out. So, if you are interested in coming for an interview to see if you'd work well with the team, please email me at hosts at tribblesandectasy.com and see how we get on. Okay, well, that's it for this week, and thank you for all the people in chat who have come along. It's nice that we had a load of people join us, um, especially as we didn't really send out much in the way of notice that we were actually recording tonight. So We've tried it for the past two weeks, and every time it's been, oops, sorry guys, <laughs> stuff happened. So thank you all for joining us. It's been great fun to be back, and we're all being well. We should be back next week. So... Look out on the show, social networks for the time and day, but it's more than likely going to be Friday at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, so that'll be 5 o'clock Pacific, or for those of you in the UK, it'll be 1am. So, until then, thank you very much for joining us. Take care, everyone. Hi, today. Bye, today.
tonight's broadcast of Triple's Nexusy, a production of Holosuite Media. Be sure to check Holosuite Media, iTunes, and Stitcher Satellite Radio for our remastered shows and more. You can follow us on Twitter at Tribbles in XTC, or if you have any questions or comments, please send an email to TribblesInExtasy at gmail.com. Join us next week for another episode of Tribbles in Ecstasy, the only place where Tribbles and Klingons are friends. 